Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, listeners of the Super J Cast. My name is Mike McGinnis. My name is Tracy Ray Bowling. We are real married people. Yes. And we are the hosts of the podcast Gift Horse. Uh, last year, we did a quick guest spot during the, the Turbo Mega Super Length episode with all of the, the guest spots uh, around the World Tag League and uh, Junior Tag League period. And... I kind of assumed that we did a bad job and we would not be asked back. Oh, how sad. (laughs) I felt like we did great. (laughs) Yeah, you felt that we nailed it. But then uh, Joel emailed me and and invited us back and specifically said that he thought we did well. And so now I am overconfident. Uh Uh-oh. I am bursting with pride. I I have become ungovernable, <laughs> and and I'm gonna take a, like I'm just gonna completely own this this zone for yes. the next hour. And what better zone to own than the combination World Tag League Super Junior <laughs> Tag Tournament? I can't think of a place I'd rather be. <laughs> We've watched the last several episodes with um what I would characterize as grim professionalism. <laughs> You've got your little notebook, your little notepad in front of you. Uh-huh. I'm taking notes. You're taking notes. You're noticing when I've stopped taking notes to eat a meal or take a drink. <laughs> and you're when you've left the room entirely <laughs> because you're not particularly interested in that match. I will pick up that slack. 
<laughs> and you, you write and a little bit versa. more. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you've been a little more disciplined than I have, in all honesty. But um... this is what a marriage is for: <laughs> <laughs> is when two people get together to watch World Tag <laughs> and they balance each other out. They fill in the gaps. I guess, I mean, so here's the thing. It can't be the case that marriage exists as an institution in order to support the successful recording of takes about World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League. But I do think it's possible that marriage exists as an institution just to make sure that both members of the couple are ready to discuss it with each other. Regular World Tag League infusions are necessary for any healthy marriage. That's right. And that's why the world is the way that it is today. (laughs) Because for the most part, people are not getting their vitamin WTL. (laughs) You gotta fix that, folks. I would maybe argue that it's not ideal to strap oneself down and force oneself to watch World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League. I think the, the worst thing about... New Japan World as a service for the the wrestling fandom is the way that New Japan in particular can become sort of homework, right? Yeah. Because you know that there's good stuff in there, but you don't know quite when it's going to show up. And you also know that there's going to be a lot of kind of miserable drudgery from the perspective of a person who has seen the same matches Eight other times, right? Like, they're treating it, it's a live show business first. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was going to say. We talk about that fairly often, that um, it's so based around the live show and the fact that they're traveling. um, So you're often seeing kind of the same matches because people in Aichi Prefecture have not yet seen how Tana and uh, Tanahashi and Yano were going to behave together. Right. There was the, the House of Torture onboarding period where it was like, you might not know that evil now kicks dicks. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to need to see him do that a few times. Yeah, before it's really going to take in the collective <laughs> public imagination. So he tours Japan kicking dicks just to make <laughs> sure that every wrestling fan sees it. Uh-huh. And then we at home watching on New Japan World are like, wow, this has gotten really tedious. And it's like, yeah, it's not for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have I get it. <laughs> it's for the weird like it's for the five year old girl who is sitting with her parents in the front row who hadn't seen him kick a dick yet. Mm-hmm. And she thought that evil was good and now she knows better. Yeah, there was, speaking of which, there was a very sweet moment uh, where a five-year-old girl or thereabouts got both a salute from Bad Luck Fale yeah. and a, uh, a a toot sweep from Chase Owens. Right. And I was surprised to find out that that little girl supported that particular tag team. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, and she may have also been surprised. That was the that was the show before we got the sad news about Chase Owens, um, yes. d- the death in his family. So, like, I couldn't help wondering when that happened. Like, oh, did he already kind of know that something was was going bad? And like, he he looked to the little girl for comfort because he sort of he sort of dangled that. I felt like he, he started that it, interaction. I think, yeah. although I mean, she was supportive. I I do think she was holding a bullet club sign or something. <laughs> <laughs> there was some indication that she might like to meet Chase Owens. But, the bullet club is for the children. Yeah, we know that now. Yeah, um, but it was actually very sweet. And uh, and to your point, there's been a lot of um, fun crowd work. I think as part of these shows that. Sometimes translates well to TV and sometimes doesn't. But, yeah. But it's been fun to see. 
broadly speaking, how how are you feeling about the tournaments? I'd I'd say that like overall, my impression up until the December second show was pretty much what I expected, which is that Super Junior Tag League is fun. It's yes. been more fun than I thought it was going to be. Actually, totally agree. World Tag League was a chore in the way that I'm used to. And then on the December 2nd show, they kind of brought me around on the whole thing. And mm-hmm. now I pretty much like all of it. But I think that really that's like, it's an, it's another aspect of the, the way the tour is structured where it's like, yeah, when they go to the venue that looks like somebody hollowed out a shopping mall so that it could also serve as a as an airplane hangar. Right. When they go there, they do the matchups that like, are obviously not going to be that interesting. Right. And And it's like, our promise to you in this venue is that you will see Nido wrestle. You will absolutely see all of the guys on this tour, and most of them will be involved in really uninteresting tags in the undercard, or in the case of World Tag League, also hire the card. (laughs) But you'll see them. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the the contract that they're making with the fans. all your favorites are here. Right. Which is like... It is good. Like that's a that's yeah. a fun, cute way to handle things. It's it's just too bad that we are uh, as as a married couple required to view it. Yes, and we're so disenchanted now. Yeah, the romance has really worn off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. I meant I meant like the New Japan. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Not not our love. No, uh, which is eternal. Of course not. And it only gets stronger by the hard work that we do. <laughs> That said, I think in broad strokes, I would agree Super Juniors have been fun, World Tag League less so, but something that has really injected new energy into both is the amount of uh, New Japan Strong representation in both groups. Um, I think in both cases that has injected a little more energy yeah um, and a little more interest into the proceedings well this this is like a theme that i maybe we'll come back to when we talk about like the long view um but it's it's leading to a little frustration for me because you know there was this period where it was kind of hard to sit through a lot of new japan shows there would be good stuff there would be bad stuff there would be a lot of things where like it probably was good, but because the crowd couldn't get that involved, right. like I was struggling and like, you know, we were undergoing a couple of years of just like global sadness and mm-hmm. that didn't help. But then because of that, they kind of rode a lot of the domestic talent into the ground a little bit for me, right? Because right. they had to rely on them yeah, and they, they wanted to do limited these, options. And they wanted to do these big shows because like, you know, 50th anniversary, things like that. And so like you've got the biggest G1 field ever, you know, and it's miserable. Yujiro's uh, mm-hmm. in there. That's how you got that, <laughs> right? So like I'm sick of Yujiro in a way that I wasn't before. And I'm excited to see these new teams coming from the from the West, from from Strong, from Impact, from outside. And it makes them, it makes me favor them in a way that I ultimately find kind of depressing because I want to be excited for like, you think about the end of World Tag League, the culmination is a team is going to go up against FTR. Mm -hmm. Now, kind of the most obvious outcome is Aussie Open goes up against him again and they win this time having, having lost before. Sure. That's cool. But it's also, there's, there's a lack of. For me, there's a there's a flavor problem here where, like, I don't know that I want the two strong white boy tag teams right. beating up on each other to be that. I kind of want a Japanese team to go do that, but I, I kind of don't think that's going to happen. I do not know. Yeah. I, I am tending to think that 
that it will end up being a Japanese team in part because of that. I think that they've shown a lot of grace to the Western teams to really let them shine. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always disappointing when a western team comes in and is just kind of squashed or or they don't know what's they don't know how to play what's interesting about them Mm -hmm. um within the new japan or they're just kind of irrelevant that was what happened to to tom lawler was like he did a good job in the g1 and and like was fun to watch but like he did you knew he wasn't gonna matter because he was in okada's block so like he was fucked right but like he, he never got close to mattering and that yeah. was kind of depressing to watch so it's been fun in this tournament to so it feels as if the western teams may matter yeah um and and they feel like real threats and that's been cool but i also think it's it's thrown some of the the Japanese standby tag teams into relief a little bit. That yeah. makes me more interested than I had them for a while. For example, in Naito Sonata. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- I mean that tag team fortunately is not that played out right because they only did that relatively recently, so that that helps them too. But like, I don't want to see Bishamon wrestle <laughs> FTR again. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not interested. Um, so like that's the that's the thing that I get anxious about is like a lot of the the Japanese team possibilities don't really do it for me. But um, I guess we should get like into the individual shows and we can, we can come back to some of that stuff. Um, Yeah. So the first show that Joel assigned us as homework was (laughs) the uh, November 28th show in Nagano athletic park gymnasium. So I feel like between the two of us, I am kind of the undercard stan. <laughs> I, I I very much enjoy the current uh, crop of young lions. You're um, calling me a star fucker, but I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the the young lions are are great. They're a lot of fun. They are they have been given the opportunity to have wilder, sillier hair mm-hmm. than I feel is normal for young lions yes. at their level of experience. They got mullets, they got froze. I'm loving all of it. Yes. Um, and they're just great. Yeah. Uh, we saw in the first match uh, Yudo Nakashima and Oscar, I don't know if it's Oscar, Louiba. Louiba. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would be kind of a German pronunciation that I'm guessing at. I believe that is correct. Um. And they they got to go up against Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols, who have been a surprisingly interesting yeah. group together. Yeah, it turns out they're fun. Uh, Mikey Nichols has sort of embraced a persona of uh, angry chaos that I appreciate. <laughs> I think he is uh, getting into the character. I think that that was always sort of supposed to be the idea, but that he needs a tag team member to help with that. Because yeah. his version of being a tough guy is that literally every time he walks by the camera, he <laughs> pretends he's punching it a little. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't work at all, except that next to the dirtbag energy of Shane Haste, it's like, yeah, this is what his bad boyfriend Shane Haste brings out in him. Right. <laughs> I have enjoyed the uh, bit where the... Young lions get a couple of guys into uh, Boston crabs and then scream into each other's mouths. Yeah, they Boston crab them as they face one another. Yeah, foreheads touching. <laughs> they they uh, try to try to land their Boston crab. It was very good. Second match is Team Bebop and a couple of young lions against the United Empire heavyweights. Uh, this was fine. 
Remind me, have uh, Yano and Tanahashi been doing the uh, the Bebop cosplay yeah. for a while? They now? did it. They did it last year. I don't think they did it before then. Okay, but yeah, they did it. They did it last year. They're back. Tana's hair is always something. It is always a talking point. I think it should be on any wrestling fan's agenda mm-hmm. at, at any time. But uh, yes, his cosplay hair is uh, it's wild. I like when they do the squat. The thug squat yeah, that they do. That's yeah. fun. And I like almost nothing else about this team, but that's okay. Agree. <laughs> they uh they sure are present for the matches, and that's that's good. Fujita and Oyawa continue to be great. Yep. Um very excited to see what they'll do. Um something that shows up in this match with the United Empire is that um that kind of continues throughout the other uh, events is that they kind of struggle, I think, to define themselves against each other. Hanare is good, Okana's good, but in a tag group situation, they struggle to to show what is actually different about Okan versus Hanare. Yeah, it's weird, because they are very different dudes, but when they are working in a tag structure, the things that are different about them tend to disappear, mm-hmm, right? The mm-hmm. great Okan is going to sit on a guy's head. And that's fine, but uh-huh. that's that's not enough for me to, right. to get excited about. And there, there's kind of a sense in which Okan is more of a technical wrestler, and he uh, sometimes will play that beat a little bit in a tag match. But because it's a tag match, and because it's fast paced, it you know doesn't really read that way. It, yeah, yeah, it just reads as a bunch of big, strong guys bullying the other team. Mm-hmm. Next match was Lij losing to. Uh, Suzuki Goon, Taichi Pin Shingo. They're you know building toward their King of Pro Wrestling uh, match, and they're also building here toward um, Hiromu and Despi's part of the Junior Heavyweight Four Way. Yeah, there was some good Taichi Shingo energy. Um, they're doing a good job playing up the rivalry. I had forgotten that they had any kind of heat between them. To be completely honest. Well, Shingo became ELP's daddy, and that really felt like it sort of resolved. It's sort of like he he became everyone's father in that moment, right? Like, (laughs) the issue is settled. (laughs) He's certainly my daddy now. Interesting. Yeah, no, I looked at the, you know, they've got the shirts. They they released them before we knew who was whose daddy. It's, you know, Shingo is my daddy. ELP is my daddy. The ELP is my daddy shirt never tempted me. The Shingo is my daddy shirt. Mm, I've considered purchasing sure. it multiple times. I won't. That's not an energy Thank I need you. to be carrying with me into the into the world. Mm-hmm. But I do feel that he is my father. I I mean, we all wish he was our father. <laughs> he he's kind of an amazing dad. He feels like he would get involved in a fight for you if you got involved with some some neighborhood bullies. He would step right in and shut the whole thing down. Yeah, for fighting related situations, Shingo is perhaps the perfect father. <laughs> That's about where I see his usefulness <laughs> as a father ending. To just speaking for myself, yeah, there's limits. He's probably handy around the house. I don't know. He's got great skin. <laughs> he could teach he me. He does have good skin. That's true. <laughs> I don't. So he could. Yeah. He could help me there. Um. So then getting into the tournament proper, you've got Kevin Knight and Kushida losing to Wild Hips, mm-hmm. Taguchi and Clark Connors. I feel like the story for all of the Kushida Kevin Knight matches is, and this is sad to me to say as a as a Kushida enjoyer, 
whenever Kushida's in the ring, I'm bored. Whenever Kevin Knight is in the ring, I'm thinking this is very cool, mm-hmm. but like he's he's so good at selling for people and flying around and bouncing when they like that right. crazy um tackle that Clark yes. did where Kevin Knight got up on his shoulders and then flew 40 feet just yeah. from that they, they both did awesome there. It the, was great. My only issue with that is that it's so good that it actually becomes like, look how good Kevin Knight is at jumping. Yeah. Like it's, to me, it's not selling anymore. It's crazy Kevin Knight stunts. Mm. And so like, that's fine, especially in a tag context. Like it, it, it's fine. It's good to do anything interesting, but it is something I wonder about a little bit with him is like, is he gonna make the, the switch to selling for the other person and making them look strong versus just like, yep, I sure can bounce. I mean, I actually thought that exact moment was a great um, moment of synergy between Mm -hmm. them. Like Clark looked like an absolute monster Mm -hmm. just ramming him out of midair. Yeah. Uh, The fact that Kevin could kind of take that and, uh, and literally roll with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) was um, made that exchange really really dramatic yeah in a way that those moves yeah that sometimes they do end up feeling kind of silly you're just like oh yeah you bounced around a whole lot there yeah i also liked the um the little bit of uh dance exchange that uh taguchi had with with kevin early on yes where they were like i I think they were like getting ready to hit each other with their butts yes but but they couldn't quite they were feeling each other out and so they danced there's a lot of butt comparison yeah that goes on at the beginning of any uh wild hips match sometimes taguchi is comparing his butt to clark connor's butt which is a losing proposition. It's not Gucci. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, I was noticing Clark's butt uh, well before he was paired with Taguchi. Right, right. Famously excellent ass. <laughs> <laughs> One of the main things that married couples who watch New Japan discuss yes. after a show. Is this why we were? Is this why we were called in? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the ass appreciation. Um, but yes, the, the match with Wild Hips always starts with, with an ass battle of some sort. Yeah. Um, and I, then there's one in the middle and the end. Yes. As well. <laughs> it doesn't stop. It's true. And then and then Kushida comes into the ring and his thing is that he still hates arms. Then Catch 2-2 beats uh, the House of Torture by pinning Dick Togo. And Catch 2-2 has been, has been awesome. Um, they, they're great. Everyone agrees that they're great. This match, probably their worst match. Yeah, unfortunately. Because, like, the point of the match was that House of Torture was going to get yes. people mad by refusing to have a fun Catch-2-2 match. Exactly, yeah. it was. Just, they healed it up um, to the utmost. And, um, yeah, as a result, nobody got to do kind of what was cool. Um, because I have been enjoying Dick Togo, like, almost against my will. Mm-hmm. I've been enjoying Dick Togo in these matches. Um, show really freaks out at the end of the match. That was fun. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wanted to ask you about show. I've got, I've got a couple show questions for you real quick. You know I'm here for show. We are both show enjoyers. Um, so my first question for you. Show has been evil for a long time now. I think we have to... <laughs> I think we have to say yes. that this is this is his direction going forward. And I was thinking back to you remember that GIF I showed you where he was coming out for like an undercard tag yes. and he's like Yoshihashi is coming out after him. And as as they're announcing Yoshihashi, 
um, show like gestures at Adam and rolls his eyes like, right. look at this dipshit yeah, coming this into the guy. ring. This fucking asshole that I gotta, <laughs> can you believe what I'm saddled with? Yoshihashi's here. <laughs> yeah. We're all excited. Exactly. It was the meanest yes. gif like ever. And like I've never seen him be that mean in any other circumstance. Well, this is like my question is like show his character was always like, Oh shucks, I can barely even talk. I'm such a nice, shy, awkward dork. Yeah. And now I'm wondering if they gave him that gimmick in order to mask what they knew about him which is that actually he he has always been like this he's always been an, an evil man just a real asshole maybe he really commits like he's in it in a way that is is really funny to me yeah th- this is an interesting theory on one hand i feel that show is essentially playing an anime character he yes is, he is a mad he's like a mad scientist his eyes are always bulging. It's like he never blinks because uh-huh. he's too busy thinking of his evil and and, yeah. and the the mayhem that he is going to cause. Um, he's monomaniacal. He's very uh, inflated in self-importance these days. Just sure he's going to win. Yeah. So I think he enjoys playing that character. I think he knows how to play that character. I've never honestly felt like it's tapping into much of a personal mean yeah, streak yeah. in show. Yeah. I felt that it's giving him a a crutch in a way that he didn't have with his previous character. I think that's fair. The one thing that's a little sad for me is like he we always like show and they would sort of play with like maybe a singles push and they sort of Gave him a tiny one there where, like, he beat Shingo during Uh the pandemic, and that was a big deal. And it always felt like if he beat Shingo, that would be the beginning of whatever the next thing was for him. It didn't quite work out that way. Mm -hmm. And, like, I worry now with them, like, they're they're losing everything. They've won one match so far in this tournament. I I worry a little bit that he's just going to be a comedy guy. And I like him as a comedy guy. Like, maybe that's fine. But I, how do you feel? I was very worried at the outset of yeah. them joining House of Torture. I, I was legitimately a little upset. What are they going to do to my boy show? Mm-hmm. This feels like a graveyard that they're putting <laughs> show into. Yeah. With his friend Evil. And, <laughs> and Yujiro, who doesn't even bear mentioning. <laughs> no. Um, and I was very nervous that they were kind of going to bury him. Mm-hmm. Um, because it felt so unbelievable to me at the time that they would really ever get House of House of Torture off the ground. Yeah. They have done a little better with House of Torture than I thought they would, and both Evil and Show are kind of getting a chance to break out of some of the staleness that mm-hmm. was in their previous character yeah. incarnations. Yeah. At least he's having a good time, I think. Yeah. Um, next match was Alex Zane and L. Lindemann Sauce Hearts versus the Flying Tigers, Robbie Eagles Tiger Mask. Alex Zane ultimately uh, pinning Tiger Mask with the cinnamon twist, but not before Tiger Mask almost killed him. Yeah. I yeah. We both thought that, like, afterward they were, like, I, I felt at least that L. Lindemann was legitimately checking in with Alex Zane, like, are you fucked right now? Uh-huh. Because that Tiger Driver looked Awful. It was pretty. It was pretty scary. Um, and yeah, they checked in with 
Alex Zane several times at the end as yeah. well, it felt like. Alex Zane definitely sold it if it wasn't real. He he looked like he had regrets. Yeah. Like, as he was walking out, I seriously was thinking, like, he looked at me like a person who was going to go find out from somebody if he was injured and needed to stop. Right. That was the vibe. Yeah, it looked pretty bad. It was a pretty hard-hitting match, generally. Yeah. A lot of beat-ups. Mm-hmm. Mainly beat-up of Alex, mm-hmm. uh, while El Lindemann kept trying to interfere and getting just <laughs> summarily thrown out of the ring. Yeah, like, sorry, dude, you're not wrestling in this match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just brushing him aside like yeah. a fly. Um, it was it was very funny. Uh, predictably, he finally does get his moment to to interfere and free Alex up to do the pin. Yeah, that the match was kind of weird because it's this is a thing that Alex Zane did with um with Ace Austin and Best of the Super Juniors, and it made a little more sense there because they are they are supposed to be friends, they are close friends, mm-hmm. and they they had the match there where they both knew each other so well that they were just like flipping out of each other's stuff and like you know, could barely lay a hand on each other. We're constantly counter for counter. And it felt like he tried to do a kind of similar thing here with Robbie, but like they don't know each other that well. No, and it was no. all kind of like the whole, I like Alex Zane and he is fun partly because like when, when he gets over ambitious and a little sloppy, it's fun to watch. Right. But that was what I felt was happening with a lot of this one. The next match, Teton and Bushi defeated uh, Doki and Kanemaru. They destroyed them. Yes, is what I'm saying. Yes. I don't know. It did. It felt like it felt like this match sort of announced like, don't get too hype about Suzuki. <laughs> well, I felt the opposite. I felt like it was get hype about Teton. Yes, yes. It was. It, it was a big Teton showcase. But I don't know that there's a lot else to say about it. Like this one was kind no. of disappointing for me in that it was only a showcase for Teton. It really for me. was. It really was just the Teton show. Yeah. Then your main event, you got Leo Rush and Yo defeating Chris Bay and Ace Austin. This was um, pretty much just the, this was like the match that you would expect these two teams to do. Yeah. It was good. Like, I had a lot of fun with it, but I don't know that I'll have to say about it. My my defining memory from it is is Red Shoes getting sort of trapped in a corner yes. and then hopping <laughs> along. He does this. This is the thing yeah. that he does. But, like, the view that the camera had of yeah. it really made the main thing I was thinking about, like, Oh, Red Shoes is determined to escape. Yes, extensive <laughs> tight roping scene with, with Red Shoes. I was very impressed by his work. We had Leo and Yo uh, determined to make their um, corner-to-corner sushi roll thing yes. happen. Th- yes. I feel like Yo looks confused every time they start this movie. He's like, we're really doing... I thought we're we still? talked about this and decided not to. Uh-huh. Sort of similar to his uh, comments after the match when Leo Rush was trying to make, uh, was it like Sushi Roll Leo? Yeah. He was trying to do a, a portmanteau of his name and Yo's name and they were going to go get sushi because of their win. Right. Yo was confused by all of this. He's not, like, sushi is not what we eat in this right, scenario. Right. I was going to say, not because of language barriers or anything, just because Leo Rush was kind of going on about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this is unfortunately, like, it was a good match, and both of these teams are good, and, and I enjoyed it. But it was a little overshadowed by Leo, after the fact, deciding that he was going to do this weird broken English promo that like he really wants everybody to know that he's serious this time about wrestling and he's chaos yeah, for he life. He is chaos for life. He his is... support 
his allegiance with chaos is unwavering. And I mean, it it sounded, my initial suspicion was just like, oh, I guess he's going to also fucking join Bullet Club somehow. But I think, no, it's just that he's desperate for us to believe that he's going to keep wrestling is yeah. really what it is. No, and I, I think that was sort of an attempt to bring some heat to the match that was a little more specific. Than mm-hmm. just, that was sort of like, okay, why, why are these two wrestling other than they have to because it's the tournament? Yeah. Because it was a really good matchup, but there's not, they don't have any connection with each other. So I think what they came up with was, uh, yeah, Chris Bay and Ace Austin are bullet club for life. They're they're these, you know, newer to most audiences, uh, bullet club um, representatives. And you kind of believe it with them, whereas Yo and Leo feel very loosely connected to chaos at this point. Yeah. Chaos already having pretty, uh, a loose identity. Chaos isn't a faction, it's a towel. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people enter the room, they come out, and there's an audience member with a chaos towel, and you think, which of the wrestlers are, oh yeah! Right. Okada has a faction. And he gives as much of a shit as I do about it. <laughs> That's very revealing. I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of you for coming up with that one. I feel like maybe I read that somewhere. Like, the, it was unfortunate because Leo, he did the broken English, which, like, I don't think the audience likes or should like. And I swear, it felt like he was doing an accent. He was, like, doing a guy talking like a Japanese guy talking in broken yes. English yes. accent. And I fucking hated it. I don't think it was intentional. I think it just happened. Yeah. But it sounded, it was it was grating. No, and it may have well been well-intentioned too yeah um you know that he wanted to be because there's plenty of western wrestlers who just don't try at all Mm -hmm. and then there's some who kind of know they're going to emphasize certain phrases or certain words so that the audience can follow what they're saying right but he seemed to want to do that with everything he was saying and i think that's i think he just doesn't know just give the mic to yo yeah he doesn't well yeah and then yo had yo translated it beat for beat right which was was funny to watch. Um, yes, because it included basically a confession of love. Which <laughs> I feel that Yo had to walk back. <laughs> yes, he was like, we really get along. We like each other pretty well. Right, right. <laughs> the mood is not currently beautiful, though. <laughs> Our second of three assignments was the November 30th show. This was a cheering event. Which is too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was- it happened. I don't know. Um, we're going to have less to say about this show for sure. I did enjoy in the, the undercard when uh, we got we got a couple young lions, Oscar and Nakashima against Oiwa and Hanma. Uh, this one was more fun than it had any right to be. This is part of why I'm so on board with the young lions. They really go all out. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Part of why I say too bad this was a cheering night is that the audience like dutiful dutifully gets a cheer going for Hanma. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Yudo Nakashima and Oscar um again do their twin Boston crab. Mm-hmm. And it works. <laughs> they got they got uh Hanma did not tap. As but far as we know. Spiritually yes. he did tap. It felt that he was tapping with Oiwa. Yes, surprisingly good match. Um then we had El Desperado, Doki and Kanamaru versus Wato, Fujita and Clark Connors. 
And this was noteworthy for being, I'm pretty sure, Master Watto's first beer. (laughs) (laughs) I am almost positive that was his first drink of of alcohol in his life. You cannot convince me otherwise. He looked like he was getting away with something. (laughs) Like he was looking around at the other wrestlers like, is this okay? Am I supposed to, am I allowed to drink? Oh, this Uh is so fun. (laughs) They're building to this four-way junior heavyweight championship match. And Watto has been helped a lot by the build to that. It mm-hmm, was it was surprising mm-hmm. and funny when he beat um, Ishimori. It was that that four way that they that that tag match that they had also was hilarious and made him look <laughs> way better. And then this was a match where we learned that if Despy chops him, Watto will die. <laughs> he will <laughs> for the rest the of the spot. match. I think that is what I was uh, why I was having some trouble remembering anything that happened in this match was that. Yeah, I remember halfway through, I was like, where's Watto? He was chopped. Uh-huh. And that was the end of him. I mean, like, a third of it was him just kind of stumbling around like, oh, man, it hurts when you chop me. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't it didn't help, is well, what I will say. This Despy's, build is not helping. Despy's a good one to sell that. Yes. Can do a mean chop. He's got heavy hands. There was an eight-man tag between LIJ and Bullet Club. The only thing I remember about this is Ishimori failing to get away with some hammer stuff. Yes. And then and then Chris Bay and Ace Austin winking at us as they seem to plan for further mischief with the hammer, but then but just actually just returned it. Yeah, just politely <laughs> put it back where it was. Yeah, that was very curious. I don't know if they were not sure what cue they should take to to use the hammer or if it was or if they just felt it was so obvious yeah. that they had the hammer that it could not escape it could not plausibly have escaped the notice of the ref yeah it was too blatant even for for new japan outside the ring right and gato got pinned by shingo so that's that's fun gabe kid and alex coglin lost to chase owens and bad luck folly and what would turn out to be their last match in the tournament uh chase and folly won here by just sort of uh waiting a while it yeah like. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 younger gentlemen uh were given opportunities to do cool fun stuff yes, as, they were. as they are wont to do and then they lost because yes. they were supposed to lose. This was my introduction to both uh, Alex Coglin's new android persona mm-hmm. and Gabriel Kidd's, like... Tenzon cosplay? Yeah, yeah. I hadn't encountered either. I think um, both are helped a little by it. That is... That is controversial with regard to Alex. Although, as I told you, I, uh, you missed the really bad version. Yeah. You missed the bizarre outfit that, like, his makerspace friend made. <laughs> the thing is, I love Alex Coglin. I I will love anything he does, I think. I love him, but too. But I think he's having fun. Yes. And, and uh, let's just all have fun. He's a lot of fun to watch. I do wish he would, um, he's too skinny now. It's true. It's, it, he's it's so lean waist. and ripped. Like, it's impressive, but at the same time, like, I, I, I like a little cushion on it, Alex. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a little disturbing to me, honestly. It's like when Yo, or when Sho just abandons carbs. Yes. And goes, like, full on the gas. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard to watch. Um, then we have Aaron Hanare and Great O'Conn losing to Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. Sure. 
Um, this was the match where I, I had my sad insight about World Tag League. And I think that yes. this is true a lot of the time. I think that this is a general World Tag League situation. I feel like most of the guys in this tournament expose most of the other guys in this tournament. Like you were saying, like, it's a it's a bunch of kind of heavy-hitting chunk boys. <laughs> and the fact that they... Like, Great O'Conn should not have to sell for Lance Archer. Lance Archer right. should not have to sell for Great O'Conn. Hanare should... Hanare needs anything. Right, <laughs> like, right. So you don't want him to be beaten up the whole time. No, And but, in this match, he kind of ended up having to be the, the little yappy dog. Yeah. You know, just being like, yeah, I can beat up Suzuki. I'm real mean. Right, because that's his thing now. is that, unfortunate. Yeah. His thing now is that he hits hard and he's a mean big guy. And that works in any other context. Yeah. But against these guys, it's silly. And against Suzuki, who, like, he's he's the most uh, vulnerable in this situation, really, because, like, everyone knows it makes zero sense for him to be as tough as he is positioned as, and mm-hmm. that he he is not hitting that hard, and that they're not hitting him that hard, that they're being very careful with him. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but, like, I just felt like this constellation really revealed the dynamic of just, like, Four guys going easy on each other and selling for each other unconvincingly right. for apparently 13 minutes. It felt like my life. <laughs> it was so long. Um, it was fine. It's not like it was bad exactly. No, it just didn't help anyone. Everyone did a fine job. And, yeah. and these are otherwise um, good pairings in a way. But they just, yeah, they they take away from each other. I don't think Great O'Con is a tag team wrestler. Yeah. I think that Con on the Cob, people like it. I think that it hurts both of them, too. Yeah. I think he needs to get a singles push. I think he needs to get out of tags. They're just hiding him there while they wait for the push that I guess someday is going to happen. Right. And they need to unhide him and push him. Because, like, I just don't think he's that good in these contexts. Yeah. I think it I think it takes away from what's special about him. Next match was Aussie Open defeating the House of Torture. Please, honey, Aussie. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Kyle Fletcher pinning Yujiro Takahashi as is right and just. We all agree that that's what should happen. This was a fun match. This was a good example of like House of Torture has figured out their rhythms. They did all their dumb bullshit and run-ins, and it was and it was fun and silly. I think everybody's been having a lot of fun with Gideon Gray. We like when he comes out and introduces the tag teams. We think that's fun. Sure. We like that he gets to do it like five times a night uh-huh. and that he gets music a lot of the time <laughs> and his, his music is very funny and he comes out with a hat sometimes. He's mm. in a suit. That's all very good. But the I had a realization about Gideon Gray during this match, which is his gimmick is now evil make-a-wish kid. <laughs> What I mean sure, by that is sure. in in kayfabe, like when when Kevin is on English comms and he's talking about like what what is the Gideon Gray situation? Why is he here? Right. His explanation is that that Gideon Gray has bankrolled the United Empire, and so they let him come mm-hmm. out and do the introductions. They let him wrestle in matches, and he always looks delighted to be there, despite yes. the fact that he is constantly eating shit. <laughs> and he's a heel, and he's hateable and slimy, and like right. you do get that. But, like, it very quickly flipped for me where now it just feels like that. The thing about the United Empire is if they hated him, if he were just this asshole that they bring along because they have no choice because he provides the funds, they would behave differently. Yes. They are supporting him in his dream. 
Yes, they are. Uh, in fact, in the the next night, there's a moment where um, Show takes Gideon Gray hostage. Yes, and this is enough to like almost stop the match. <laughs> yeah. No, it feels like they like him, like he is their friend, and they wish him well, and they want him to get to play out his fantasy. Yeah. And sure, it's because he's bankrolling them or whatever. But he's a little bit of a liability. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, he's a babysitting charge. <laughs> But it it does have that energy of like, oh, this poor guy, he's, yeah. you know, he's not long for this world. Let him, <laughs> let him come out and introduce the, the match. Let him be a part of it. Let him take the pin. <laughs> let him he's, kick someone's dick. He's just looking for the experience. <laughs> so yes, eventually um, the sketchy behavior on both sides escalates um, until uh, Kyle pins Yujiro. There's not a lot of question about it. <laughs> In the next match, Sonata is pinned by Mikey Nichols with, I guess, the Tank Buster. Mm. Uh, this is probably my favorite match of the night, though the, the other one was was maybe a little bit funnier. But I still don't have a lot to say about it. I didn't take a lot of notes. There just wasn't. They're just they're just a fun tag team. I like TMDK in yeah, this tournament, yeah. and and obviously LAJ are good, and they had a, a good little match. Well, you say obviously, but again, I feel like Sonata and Naito have some new energy injected. Mm-hmm. It feels like they've um, the shorter format is working out really yes. well for them. The main thing that I noted during this one was that somebody in the audience had a big plush Naito head. Oh, that's right. And that was funny to me. It was very good. Um, the main thing that I noted was that Shane Haste had a, a thing at the beginning where he was just flexing his butt. Nice. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. showing the audience that he could do that. Taguchi wasn't even there. I know. He just wanted to show off his ass. Exactly. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> okay, so here... <laughs> <laughs> Here's your favorite match of the night. <laughs> yeah. Bebop team versus Bishamon. My note here is purest example of a main event by default. <laughs> it was kind of funny when Yoshihashi was twisting up Goto's face to make intimidating like mob guy faces, I guess. Yes. And I noted, here's my last note on this match. Tana's butt is always about to come out. This has been true <laughs> for years. It's still true. I I have noticed this way too much. He has a V shape. Yes. No, this is why. In his waistband. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's ready to expose crack, and I would not be comfortable with that were I a wrestler. It is it is designed for butt cleavage, and th- everyone knows about this, I'm sure. This is like, this is a constant presence in his work, but like, I'm still traumatized by, I'm pretty sure it was the Kenny Omega match right before he left. I think you're right. Where we saw that Tana does not do the spray tan on his crack. <laughs> <laughs> and that was hard for me. And I live in terror of witnessing that again. I fucking hated that. It was so sad. Be professional, <laughs> Tanahashi. Spray tan your crack. If you're going to wear these weird little tights. There was some decent teamwork on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> One I... would fucking hope. Yeah. That's about it. I've scrolled down to the next night in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, this show kind of turned me around on on World Tag League. I think just because it had the the better matchups. Generally, this was the December 2nd show in the Osaka Municipal Central Gymnasium Sub Arena. That's right. You know the one. Our yep. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't our favorite. I'm pretty sure our favorite is uh, the Aichi... 
prefectural gymnasium. That's the one that has like I think that's the one that has terrible lighting and uh, and it and you're constantly seeing walkway. people walk to the bathroom yes, and yes. back. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, arena. So overall, this show, this last one, part of the reason it's fun, but also something that was like slightly it detracted a little bit for me was that. They clearly made a decision that they needed to get a bunch of matches done as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the the Kevin Knight, Kushida, Doki, Kanemaru match up front, um, just, like, they did some stuff and then and then Suzuki-gun won, is my yeah. memory of it. It was it was that fast. At 7 minutes, 55 seconds, apparently. Uh, next match is 6 minutes, 2 seconds, with Team Bebop defeating our LA Dojo kids. I like Team Bebop better here because they weren't wrestling for as long <laughs> like, like the, you know this is the double-edged side of it right like i i like seeing the the young guys i thought that they did some cool stuff i thought that uh yano and tanahashi did a good job of getting out of their way and letting them do some fun stuff and then wrapping it up quickly mm-hmm. i liked tanahashi playing a little bit more of the dirt bag yes, he did yeah he took advantage of the uh removed corner pad and it was fun when I think Gabe smashed Yano with uh, one that he removed. Yes, he that did. That was good. He did. So it was all, it was all good. It was fine. But I was mainly happy that it was over quickly. I would say, you know, quick note on like production values on this one too. Oh, um, yeah. They had the lights out mm-hmm. uh, in the audience. So that added some drama to all of this as well. And they also had some uh, camera work going on. Yes. Um, we speculated that the hard cam was basically useless. Yeah. So they were doing a lot of work on the floor to, like, do close-ups. And, yeah. Uh, you know, had the unintentional side effect that some of the moves didn't look quite as uh, clean. No, I learned that most moves in New Japan are fake. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew that intellectually, but right. like, man, a lot of them are really <laughs> fake. Um, I my note was that the camera work is daffy, which is not daffy. a word that I'm used to deploying. Yeah, yeah, they were really wilding out a little bit, but it, I think it was it was good. It was fun. It was. I mean, I think it was kind of bad, but it was fun. It was very high energy. Yeah, it was. It was a silly time. It combined well with the ultra fast matches. After the match. There was a, a really sweet, charming promo where Gabe and Alex professed their love for each other. Uh-huh. It was a little long. It was a little weird. They definitely both were like, okay, now I'm going to take, I'm going to tell the story of our arc, right? Uh-huh. Like they both went step by step through their entire relationship and professional <laughs> working relationship. But they also expressed their intense love for each other. Mm-hmm. And it was it was good and fun, and I like how many of the teams are talking about how much they love each other. Because <laughs> that's a theme. Yes, yes. The next match was technically, from bell to bell, 18 mm-hmm. seconds long. Oh, it was beautiful. This was a good match. Yujiro comes out and hits Yo uh, and Leo from behind before the match can even start. A lot of work happens on the outside. Show and, and the crew get the uh, ref out of the ring. Yo does do a visual pin on Togo. It's so. like 10 minutes long. Yes, no one sees. <laughs> it's fruitless. Uh, and this is where um, Show takes a hostage with his wrench, which he really enjoys doing. Yeah. Uh, he, he takes Leo Rush hostage. This distracts Yo so completely that um, Yujiro gets behind him again. <laughs> And, uh, and, and knocks him out. 
Only then does show enter the ring. The ref gets back in the ring. Only then does the match start. <laughs> show looks around uh, at the audience, at, at everybody being like, oh, what an opportunity I have here. The, Yo is laid out before me, completely out. He takes his time, but he, he just gleefully pins him. Yep, shock arrow, and we're done. So that was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we all like to see Yo cucked. <laughs> yes. Yeah, then he, uh, after it's over, he just sort of kick rolls Yo out of the <laughs> ring with his foot. Mm-hmm. So in the next match, Evil and Yudro are already out there having assisted Sho in his victory, but um, Hanari and Okan come out. This one was, again, just a fun, raucous House of Torture-style match. Goes for just under ten minutes, and we have Gideon saving the day by kicking Yudro in the dick. Mm-hmm. And then Great Okan had this spear. Yes. <laughs> he, well, he was nervous about House of Torture right. fearing, I believe. And he, he looks puzzled that he's not allowed to use it when they're starting. Yeah. He's like, oh, can I not? I'm pretty sure I can't. Go check evil. Yeah. yeah. I have a spear. See what he's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> this might be fair. <laughs> yeah, I might actually need to hold on to this. And so they're fighting over the spear at the end. And and then um, Hanare also punches evil in the dick. Mm-hmm. And then finally they get huge back in there and they, they pin him. That was fun. Um, afterward, there was, there was another good, um, after match promo here was a good night of him. Um, Hanari claimed to have three balls. Yes. He counted. He checked to make sure they were all still there. Yes. One, two, three. All right. All right. We're good. Perfect. Uh, this is because he doesn't nut. (laughs) (laughs) He grew the third ball to store the P or the, um, depending on which meme we're, we're working with here. He also claims that having three balls actually makes him more vulnerable to dick kicks, which is fair. That might, yeah. I suppose that might be true. He also said that Great Okan has, has huge balls. Yes. Was Everyone exciting. was checking the state of their balls at the end of this match, which, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, then Gideon Gray tells us that he knows a little bit about S&M himself, standards and manners. Uh-huh. It's funny when they bring up S&M apropos of nothing. In the next match, Bullet Club defeat Flying Tigers by pinning Tiger Mask. Um, not before Tiger Mask gets an opportunity to show that he can do his big move without murdering Chris Bay. <laughs> that was a relief. Yes, yes. It was a fine match. And to his credit, I will say Tiger Mask actually looked pretty good in this one. He's, yeah. he's been doing a good job. I enjoyed his work in this one in particular. Um, Robbie continues to do, I should mention, it feels like he's in competition with Teton for craziest dive. They're both yes. doing these ludicrously fast, dangerous looking dives that stress me out every time I see him. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, Robbie says that he's not sure whether they've been eliminated <laughs> from the tournament. But yeah, he, yeah. even if they have, he's going to keep fighting because he's a professional. <laughs> Closer inspection reveals they are, in fact, out of, out of the tournament after tonight. Yeah, they might have been before. <laughs> it's, not, it's not close, but um, cute team, good team. Next match was another real quickie. This one was a minute and 40 seconds. TMDK defeated Suzuki-Goon 
when Shane Hayes got a surprise, uh, not a roll up. It was uh, yeah, but he 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 did a tricky. They're calling it a modified neck lock. Sure, yeah, it kind of looks like if if somebody did a crucifix bomb to you, but then you pinned them. Yeah, he kind of flipped Suzuki onto his back and then did a bridge up real quick to uh, secure the pin. It was pretty good. It was it was a it lot was of fun. fun to see. Um, Shane Haste was very was acting very surprised and delighted afterward. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Nichols encouraging him in that feeling. I enjoyed Shane Hayes saying that maybe now he was the king of MMA because he had defeated Suzuki. Uh-huh. And so then he started calling out YouTubers. <laughs> because I guess that's, I don't know that much about MMA, but I suppose that's what you do. That's like the Logan Paul situation or whatever, right? Uh, the next match, uh, Sauce Hearts defeat uh, Bushi and Teton. Nine minutes, 28 seconds. Alex is, uh, he pins Bushi with the taco driver. Neither of us had a lot of notes on this one, but I think it was just really good. It was just a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah. I don't know what you would, it was exactly the match you would think they would have. Alex Zane did not show any uh, injury from the Tiger Mask driver. Right. So that was good. It was a lot more balanced um, between the four mm-hmm. players than it was on the on the previous night. Both Bushi and El Lindemann both had meaningful segments. Yeah, yeah. I made a note that Teton and Lindemann I made a note that Teton and Lindemann. Wow. Okay, so it's impossible to pronounce Teton and Lindemann. <laughs> Same sentence is what I just learned. Too many A's. Yeah. But they were fun together. And <laughs> I, I really enjoyed Alex Zane's sequence in there as well. Um, they've been really putting a, a spotlight on him in a way that makes me wonder... Um, I with know. the match structures. I am so surprised, to be yeah. completely honest with you. Um, I know that, you know, a guy with such a heavy gimmick can get big, but yeah. at the same time, it's so it, it's been surprising to me. He's just really good, though. And yeah. He's really appealing to watch. He It looks like he's having fun. He's really good, and he loves Taco Bell so much. He really does. And that is the character. He loves Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. One of the three people that Taco Bell Japan <laughs> follows on Twitter, as Kevin says. Then, in our semi-main, we have... Uh, we, we didn't have a, a World Tag League match between these two, because, of course, it, it would have been uh, Bullet Club in there. Uh, but then we have... Taguchi and Clark versus Francesco Akira and TJP. This match, I wasn't like expecting that much going into it because I haven't been wild about the combination of Taguchi and Clark Connors. I feel like uh-huh. there are times where I feel like Taguchi is dragging I'm always, Clark down. I'm always worried about that because I love Clark. But they were, it was it was a really good match. Of course, you know, again, Catch 2-2 have been great, so that's not surprising. But it really did feel like they got everything out of this that they could. Mm-hmm. Before that, though, before the match really gets going, there's extended comedy sequences. Taguchi and Connors seem to be trying to rile up Acura. They're trolling him. Um, so yes. they make they make beer ramen, which is, I guess, some sort of a dig at his Italian heritage. Yes. I didn't said fully they, follow this. It seemed like they were trying to uh, say that they were making spaghetti. Yeah. By doing this, by pouring beer into the ramen bowl. Clark does eat the ramen. <laughs> he, he does eat the ramen and says, oishi. Yeah. Um, but he uh, later reveals, I think, <laughs> that uh, it was not good, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, then Taguchi does some butt-related trolling, as mm-hmm. he does. Um, he seems to be 
asking why Akira has the uh, sort of a lace-up uh, fly yeah. on his wrestling Which gear. is a fair question. I've never really not, questioned no, it. No, I had but... not questioned or noticed it, but Taguchi brought this to our attention, uh, showing his own drawstrings and how yeah. long they were. And but also that they come a... from inside the pants, yes, maybe. Yes, that they, they seem to be um, comparing notes on that. Mm-hmm. That also made made Acura pretty pretty hot. But TJP, TJP had to calm him down. Yeah, he's the voice of reason, as we all know. <laughs> yes. And he pulled up his pants like four times. Yeah, like, don't take these off <laughs> to to, uh, to show your worth to Taguchi. There is also an extended comedy set at the end. Taguchi sort of pulls a Tai Chi. He sort of decides now is the moment to claim my full power. Yeah. And so he pulls his pants down about halfway, revealing yeah. his red underwear. Yeah. And and this I think makes him more powerful. He is mm-hmm. able to overpower. I think it's TJP at that point mm-hmm. with a powerful stink. He ran the ropes and then sat on his face. Yes, Clark gets in the game because TJP escapes this maneuver, but only to pull down Clark Connors's pants about halfway to reveal the same or very similar red underwear. Somewhat more flattering cut. <laughs> Somewhat more flattering, but yeah, I would that's say. actually probably what's happening. <laughs> and they spend—I swear it's like eight more minutes wrestling with, with their, butts their out. with their pants half. The down. match was apparently eleven minutes forty-seven seconds long. Okay, <laughs> but it was yeah. yeah, his ass was out forever. I did enjoy after the fact when when uh, Akira made it very clear that you are not to put beer on spaghetti. Don't you dare! <laughs> yes, <laughs> he'll be dis- so mad. It was disgraceful. And then we have our our main event, which was Aussie Open versus Lij. This was also great. Naito walked to the ring more slowly than I've Ever seen before. it sometime. <laughs> it was so it was so bad. It was so infuriating. It was it was very good. Kyle Fletcher and Naito were a lot of fun together. Um, afterward, Kyle would would talk about being a huge fan and being a big deal for him to be in the the ring with Naito and I believe that like I felt that while they were wrestling we saw a uh, good use of Skull End yes (laughs) well I mean he didn't use it that was the use was like he did the he did the spinny part and then it was like oh is he gonna get into Skull End it's like not really he's gonna immediately transition out and and do uh do a moonsault and that is my request for for Sonata Mm -hmm. just don't do Skull End Mm -hmm. (laughs) it would solve 90% of your problems he's backed off on it it's not like it used to be where Sonata had a match and you just were like, okay, literally seven minutes of this is going to be Skull End or adjacent. Mm-hmm. Another thing that was was good about this was Kyle did a really good job selling for Naito. He was, um, I I genuinely believe that his neck was was fucked up. Um, uh-huh. Like yeah, during that, yeah. during that lit scissor Nelson thing that Naito does, I believed that, that Kyle was having a terrible time. And maybe he was, like, I don't think that Naito is gentle. Um, but yeah, he was, he was selling all that stuff really well. And then he did a terrifying suplex on Naito. Uh (laughs) Just looked like he'd murdered the man. We also both enjoyed, uh, Mark Davis's bounce after (laughs) Naito DDT'd him. He just like flew across the, uh, the ring on his butt. That was good. A lot Mm. of, a lot of good butt stuff tonight is I guess what I'm saying. Yes, definitely. After the match, uh, we had another profession of love. Yes. Uh, Kyle and Kyle and Mark. Uh, Mark was just very supportive. Kyle was very emotional yes. about losing to LIJ. He he felt like that was bad for them. 
in the he was hoping not to face them in the in the tournament final and now that seems more likely he might as well have announced that that's going to be the final <laughs> like i was looking at the way that the that the um cards are laid out and the final night of uh world tag league the match is naito and sonata against house of torture in the in the main event and then Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis are up against the Young Lions. It would have in a in a non world tag league match. It would have been Chase Owens and, and Bad Luck Folly. I kind of feel like those two just go together to the finals, and that's where we're at with that. And then, like we talked about a little bit earlier, like I think Aussie Open winning and and beating FTR and establishing themselves is like the right thing to do, basically. And I I kind of am rooting for it. You know, they wanted to bring in Aussie Open ages ago. And, you know, we're, we're hoping to push them clearly. I, I just wish, I wish it were a better contrast. Part of me wants it to be LIJ wins actually. And then they, and then Aussie Open can feud with LIJ. That's honestly what I'm pulling for. Yeah. I would, I, I, if that all worked out, I think I would enjoy it more than, than Aussie Open just winning. But he did make me want to see that match again. And it was, it was a great match the first time. So I'm sure it would be a good final. Yeah. Who who would you like to win Super Junior Tag League? What would you like to see come out of that? You know, Ace Austin and Chris Bay have been really dominant, and I do like how uh, they've they've diversified Bullet Club a little for me in terms mm-hmm. of style and uh, sort of self carriage. They're just a little more fun. I yeah, don't know. yeah. Uh, so I I would be fine with that. I'm not sure that that's really an outcome I'm pulling for. I don't think it's likely. I feel like they're being set up as like the big bad that you want to avoid like you do with evil yes. in tournaments. You know, just sort of the bullet club tournament spot in a lot of ways these days. Um, like I thought going in that Teton and Bushi, I thought that basically the booking before the tournaments gave it away where they, you know, Teton and Bushi and Aussie Open unsuccessfully challenged for their respective belts. Uh-huh. And I thought they'd go through the tournaments, win, and then challenge again at Wrestle Kingdom. One of them would win, one of them would lose. Like, that was that was basically how I thought it was going to go. I'm not feeling that so much with Teton and Bushi now, though. No. I feel like they just haven't had big uh, barn burner matches yet. Although they, you know... Uh, when we stopped, they had several nights left yeah. to do so. No, they've been good. Um, but And the other thing for me is that I think that Catch 2-2 should probably just stay champions. I think that mm-hmm. there's probably no reason to move on. And I think that sending um, some of the teams up against them might not be very helpful. Like seeing Teton and Bushi lose to them again, not a very exciting prospect. Leo Rush and Yo losing to them would be very typical booking <laughs> for both. <laughs> but I don't want it particularly. Like, So my weird kind of dark horse take is what if you just go ahead and make fans happy, push Alex Zane, yeah, have yeah. them win the tournament, and then lose to Catch 2-2. It would be so magical. I feel like that would be good. I'm Again, I feel a little bit unhappy to be rooting for the you know outsiders here right like i want to be rooting for a more new japan team in a lot of ways but i don't know it would be it would be good and i feel like they've shown that they could that they could show up and they would handle it and then they don't need to win there's no reason they need to be champions right and they wouldn't be i mean they're not gonna gonna do that (laughs) but that would that would be fun so that's my fantasy booking we started out joking about the grim chore uh, and marital foundation that is <laughs> watching these tournaments. And like, there definitely, there's been a, a fair amount of moments where I was bored or where like it was fine, but I didn't really remember things later. But 
I, like this has been better than I thought it was going to be, and I feel like my interest in New Japan has been going up recently. Yes, like I agree. It just feels like there's a good rowdy energy to a lot of it. As I as I've told you, I feel like it's a rowdy boy promotion now. Yes, yes. And I and I appreciate that. But it's been it's been fun watching. I think that covers it. I don't honestly know if we're the second or the first half of this episode. I, see. Yeah. I think there's another <laughs> half. Uh, but to to say goodbye for us real quick. Thanks so much for your for your time. Thanks to uh, Joel and Damon for hosting us. Thanks to listeners as well. Second, and it's been a lot of fun. As I mentioned, we host a podcast called Gift Horse. It has almost nothing to do with wrestling ever, uh, but we hope you <laughs> like it. Gifthorsepod.com. Um, I am the author of a book called Drowning Practice, and I recommend that you buy it. But I also... There's a labor situation, like uh, like a third of the staff uh, at Harper Collins, which is my publisher, are striking right now. So they they don't want people to boycott the books, but you could also just instead of getting the book, you could donate to their strike fund if you want. That'd be cool. I do some writing as well. I do short stories and video games. If you want to follow my work, you can go to my website, tracyraybowling.com. R-A-E for Ray. Bowling is spelled the way that you'd think. It's all one word. We usually end our podcast by saying I love you. Uh, that feels a little weird here. So Love has no place in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we won't go declaring our love for uh, for you, the listener, and uh, overstepping bounds like so many of the wrestlers have recently done uh, in these tag teams. We'll just say goodbye for now. The moon does look very beautiful tonight. Well, thank you. All right, everyone. While you're enjoying our uh, coverage of World Tag League, and uh, I am on a little break along with the great Joel. Uh, I need to tell you about HelloFresh. Hey, HelloFresh. HelloFresh, what is it? Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable and that's why it is america's number one meal kit look it's the most festive time of the year you know that hello fresh is right there to help make most of every moment from holiday hosting to dinners during busy weeknights you can count on hello fresh to deliver fresh ingredients and seasonal recipes uh, tis the season for saving money wherever you can. And HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. I know that. So you can use those savings for holiday gifts or treat yourself. Treat yourself. Look, HelloFresh, I love it. We use it. It's a perfect solution if you're short on time, you skip trips to the grocery store and get fresh, seasonal ingredients, easy recipes uh, to get you through the busiest of seasons. Look, here's what I want you to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW18. I say VOW18, use code VOW18 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. Let me repeat that. HelloFresh.com slash VOW18, use the code VOW18 for 18 free meals 
plus free shipping. That is awesome. So go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW18. Use that code for what I could consider maybe the greatest deal of the holidays. A holiday blessing, if you will, uh, with those 18 free meals and free shipping. Go ahead. Go now. Go. Go. Go, Leafs, go. And go to HelloFresh.com. I'm going to go back and drink some more. Uh, thank you and, uh, enjoy the rest of the broadcasts. Uh, see you soon. What's going on guys. This is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice of wrestling podcast network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Ufi, And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Ufi video smart E three 30. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two-way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24-7 customer support, and you'll love this, none of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330 and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufiofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is time for the second annual Super Dad Cast. That's right, Joel and Damon uh, are on like Love Island or something. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Uh, they have deceded the reins of the Super J Cast to us. So this week you get the second annual Super Dad Cast. Once again, for those of you who don't know, my name is John Enright, a.k.a. John Daddy. Um, and so uh, that's what the ladies say anyway. Yeah, um, not really. Uh, so uh, we're here to talk New Japan, but I'm not alone. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, brought back for a second year in a row because so special because we're the daddiest of dads. We have Elliot. Elliot, introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Elliot, and I just want to say hello to all the dads, to all the non-dads out there, to um, men, women, uh, non-binary people, anyone who is listening here. Uh, all are welcome in the Super Dad cast. Right. We're your daddies for this next however long we're going to go. I don't know if I want to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your daddy now. I am no one's daddy. I mean, uh, other than my two children, they they, they can call me dad, and I and I'm I'm dada at home. I, oh, they're okay. still little, so I'm not dad yet. But I've never yeah. been daddy. To them, yeah, so. technically, I've been papa for papa. You know, yeah, my dad, my kids would call me papa since. I like that. Kid. Okay. So, yeah. No, I'm. Yeah, that's that's it. So uh, I guess uh, we we last year we were part of a truncated where they threw a bunch of us together podcast and for those of you who don't know a lot of our stuff got cut so we don't have that mandate this year we're just told to record a podcast so i say let's elliot let's let's introduce ourselves fully this time so people can hear a little about you a little bit about me um our our we can examine our dad cards and uh talk about a little bit how we got into new japan as well as being dad. So how about Elliot? Why don't you lead off? Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and all that fun stuff? Thank you, John. Um, yeah. So my name is Elliot and I live in Des Moines, Iowa, and I am a teacher just like Joel. I teach middle school and I don't remember if Joel teaches, I think he teaches kids younger than that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So middle school teacher, been that, been doing that for nine years. And so as a wrestling fan, been a wrestling fan since I think late 1990, Survivor Series 90, I think is the first wrestling show I remember watching. Um, and, you know, off and on wrestling fan for you know, through the years after that. But 2015 would be when I got into New Japan because there was a whole bunch of buzz over the Shinsuke Nakamura and Kota Ibushi match from mm. Wrestle Kingdom 9. And so that's the first New Japan match I ever watched. And I mean... My God, that thing, it, you know, that, that it felt transformational when I watched it. I was like, oh, OK, this is like what I've been, you know, I've, I'd always enjoyed WWE up to that point, And, you know, but seeing those two guys do what they did in the way they did it, um, I was like, this is something special and I got to pursue this. So I did and um, been watching ever since I've watched. I think my I can claim that I've watched every single G1 match since then, every oh, wow. single year. Um, I, almost every best of the Super Junior match, definitely not every World Tag League or Super Junior Tag League match. <laughs> um, but uh, and then probably every New Japan Cup match, I think. So, um, so I, I, I'm one of those esteemed fans, but also not like a super freak that watches like every single you know, uh, Road Two show or whatever. Right. Um, but my uh, I think my my New Japan fandom reached its crest in 2017 
the G1, uh, what they call those, G1 Supercard in Long Beach, the first okay. you know, New Japan shows, solely New Japan shows in America, July of 2017. I convinced my wife to take a family vacation out to <laughs> that area, and we, uh, I, I had a heck of a time, and that was actually where I met Damon. The one time I have met Damon, uh, he came to those shows and had a couple-minute conversation with him, and that was really nice to get to meet him. And then what that that was main evented by Kenny Omega and Tomohiro Ishii mm-hmm. in that insane match where Omega German suplexed him onto the table off the apron and, <laughs> and, uh, and my soul left my body that night and, and it's and it's never truly returned since. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my New Japan history. I, I did want to tell a quick story with with my kids. So my kids are six and four. I have a I have a girl and a boy, and I told them the other day that I was going to be doing this podcast. That, and and they are now at the age where they can just brutally mock me for all of the things I like and because they don't like wrestling like the little bits they've seen and so they were just and and podcasts they don't know anything about that so they just they started yelling at me that my podcast was going to be stupid and that wrestling is stupid and then we got home and my daughter made a drawing I'll, I'll put it in the Twitter thread when this episode gets posted she made a drawing that in big letters it says your podcast is dumb and then it's a drawing of her talking to me her saying I listened to your podcast it's dumb but she added, but I still love you. And then over on the left, it says, you are not dumb. So she's, she at least made the distinction that I'm not dumb, but this podcast, I'm sorry to inform everybody, is dumb. And we are dumb for uh, liking wrestling. So she, to listens. Like, she listens on a regular basis, is what she, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, she might know. That might be an informed opinion, yeah. She's on the Discord and she sees everything, apparently. <laughs> exactly. So, oh yeah, so that's the kind of stuff I'm getting at home from my uh, precocious uh, six-year-old and four-year-old. Right. Well, you know, that's that's what they do, right? So, I mean, wow. That's I don't know if I could top that, but I'll try. All right? <laughs> so we'll see. Uh Let's see. So I, my name is John, uh, as we introduced earlier. Uh, I work uh, in rural uh, Texas. I help uh, run a, um, well, I'm a part of a nonprofit organization here that helps victims of sexual assault and domestic violence. But I also run a teen program. So I'm a youth advocate for teens here in Parker County for ages 6th through 12th grade. Um, some of you may have heard in February, a year, like the last couple of years, Joel doing a read about teen dating violence uh that was that was for me oh good. Uh, so uh because february is teen dating violence awareness month so i will do that again i will write some copy for joel to write and and, and put out again um and so thank you joel for that for you know doing that as, as awareness for uh the fact that like one in three teenagers last year experienced some form of teen dating violence and so raising awareness that teens need help and they need that kind of thing as well but we handle a lot of different things. We don't just do abuse at our agency with our program. We just kids who maybe need a helping hands. Um, maybe they need some assistance, you know, with their living situation. Maybe they need, uh, and we can help them connect them with an agency that can help with that. Maybe they just need a place to connect and feel connected and be a part of everything. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, last uh, in November, November 20th, uh, I, celebrated five years working here um doing this job and it's been a lot of fun and then two days later i celebrated being 44 so that has been a lot of fun um and then thursday i celebrate having a 17 year old in my house incredible Um, it's been a lot of fun doing that um 
I started, I mean, wrestling, I think, I never was really a big into wrestling growing up. It was when I went to college, I was playing junior college baseball in California, and I was living on my own for the first time and living in the dorms or in a hotel room on a main street in this small town in Northern California because the dorms were full, but we had free cable TV in our room. So then I started watching Monday Night Football. I was bored one night, so I flipped over. I was like, oh, wrestling, what is this? And it happened to be like NWO, Hogan, uh-huh. you know, all that kind of stuff in the Monday Night Wars. So I'm flipping back and forth in, you know, 97, 98, you know, just kind of enthralled by this. And then, you know, stop for a little bit, pick it back up somewhat. I start hearing here in North Texas about independent wrestling catching up on some stuff i and then of course tv and ring of honor is just kind of all over the place you don't know when it's going to air but you're you're watching it and one day i'm flipping the channel oh look this is wrestling this is cool and i happened to see bullet club i was like oh, this looks like that nwo stuff that i saw and i'm watching and they're doing the two suite i'm like okay so it's like an evolution of this all right maybe and they were talking about it was the young bucks and they were they were doing their thing in Ring of Honor. I said they're coming over from New Japan. They're Ring of Honor. Da, 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 da. Okay, so they have a working relationship. Cool. They go back and forth. And then they started kicking everybody in the place. And then Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa come out and all these other guys. And then it's all of a sudden like they're just wrecking everything in Ring of Honor. They're kicking everybody. You know, I was like, it's a super kick part. I was like, this is amazing. I really kind of enjoy this. And so like, what's this? And so I start learning more about it. So that was about I don't know, 2015, 2016? Probably, yeah. I'm just kind of figuring things out. And then as we're going further, I eventually find out about Lance Archer, and then he lives here in Texas, and they're coming up on the G1 in Dallas that they're doing this massive show because by this point I've been involved with uh, some of the local wrestling shows as being having been going and finding out all these things. So I meet Lance Archer, super cool guy, um, really great with my kid, just really nice uh, selling tickets, doing stuff, gets us, helps us get it to the G1 um, press conference uh, for the Dallas show where I met Uncle Damon, as we call him. Uh, yeah. he met my son was wearing a cowboy hat. So we were talking about that. There's an infamous picture of Uncle Damon getting a subpoena from I forget who one of the, the so we get that's I took that picture and sent it to him so they could post it on Twitter. <laughs> what was the subpoena? What, what was this about? Oh, so it was a joke from way okay. back in the day that he was getting subpoenaed for something he said on the Super J cast. <laughs> oh, okay. you know. And so, um, so that so I got to meet Uncle Damon then. And then Lance, this was like he had his long hair. And then this is the, right at the evolution of the Murder Hawk Monster when he got because we were on Facebook and he messaged me. He's like, Hey, do you know of any in the area in the Dallas area that does hair? I was like, No, Fort Worth is more my jam. Cause I live west of Fort Worth and I said, I don't know how far you're wanting to drive. Cause I said, what are you looking for? He goes, well, I'm looking for somebody to color my hair and maybe do something different. I was like, okay, cool. I said, these are some recommendations. He ended up finding his person uh, closer to where he lived, but that's when the next night you see the Mohawk yeah. and everything with, with Will Ospreay. And so we are down there like, right. We're not on the floor, but we're like right at the edge of the AC, right at the floor. We're actually a couple rows across from, from Damon in the press area and we're watching and it's just amazing to watch that first world i mean like g1 match that they open with uh, that with that match that was a hell of a match i mean i was just gonna hold it i mean the pre-matches were all super cool everything was fun but like now we're in the g1 and lance archer is in the g1 
and it's Will Ospreay, and it was a ridiculous match. And then yep. we end the night. They ended the night with Tanahashi and Okada. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, every match on that G1 card was insane. You know, you had Sonata and um, Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, all the matches on that that night were just a block stupid awesome. And you're yep. just going, holy cow, holy cow. I mean, uh, we got the day before at the press conference, we got to meet Jushin Thunder Liger. We got to meet Tanahashi, um, which is super funny um, because it'll come playing later. But each one of them said, uh, you should sign? I said, yes. And he was like, oh, very big. And of course, he wasn't super big at the time, but he was, he was like, uh, you going to be a wrestler? I was like, well, if he wants to be a wrestler, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, okay, be a wrestler. I was like, all right, cool. So both of them said that about it. So jump ahead to WrestleMania this year, um, hang out with some friends, get to do some stuff. But then I got to meet Minoru Suzuki, which has been a bucket list item for us for a long Definitely. time. Yeah. Um, we went to the strong tapings earlier before WrestleMania that were here in Dallas. And we made a poster that said Murder Hawk Monster plus Murder Grandpa equals Suzuki again. And we were there. And, of course, Lance saw it. And he thought it was hilarious. And he pointed to Suzuki at us. And he gives us a mean face but loves it. That was the <laughs> one where I think he was Chris Dickinson at the end of the show. <laughs> comes out and challenges Suzuki, and he goes, and Suzuki goes, I speak little English, but fuck you. <laughs> and then he turns around, looks at Lance, and gives a thumbs up. Like, you did, and Lance's like, No, you did great. Good job. Yeah. Oh, I like so hilarious. So we're at the, it's WrestleMania weekend. We're at this meet and greet, and we bring the poster, and he's like, This me? I'm like, Murder Grandpa? I'm like, Yes. He goes, <laughs> Okay, and like <laughs> super cool signs and takes the pictures, and he looks at my son, who's now almost as tall as me, and you know, like that. And he goes, Oh, son, I was like, Yes, very big wrestler. I was like, If he wants to yeah, be like, exactly. same thing. like the, you know, verdict, the verdict is unanimous. Apparently, all my child, now he has super long hair, you know, and uh, you know, wrestler hair. He looked, I, I would call it uh, Clark Connors style hair, okay, that, that he's got so. Um, but yeah, so that was, um, that was that. And then of course today we did the daddiest of dad things where I took him out cause his birthday is Thursday. So today I took him out for, um, we went to a farmer's market and there's a guy that does leather work and he made a really cool hat. And so we bought a hat for him. That's a steampunk style fedora type hat. That's super cool. And then he got some sunglasses that were circular with the red frames but it has a steampunk kind of style to it and then we bought a whole bunch of food that he's like yeah i want to try this i want to try this and then um we went dropped the food off went to another place that was having what they call hometown christmas just fancy farmer's market but cousin's uh, main lobster food truck was there so let him get lobster and have lobster for a kind of lunch thing um with some friends who went with us so it was fun we had a good time celebrated his birthdays because thursday i have my program with my students so i won't be able to kind of celebrate birthday with them so we took today to do that so my day has been just doing all that stuff so i haven't watched any football uh i barely caught up on everything with new japan for this you know but i got it we're in we're good but um you know i was doing dad stuff for most of the day today so that's and then he's been my wrestling buddy ever since so we go all the shows together we meet everybody we do everything he has a wall of fame where he gets autographs of everybody and it's massive of just the amount of people we've gotten to meet um 
just because we met Les Archer and he kind of opened doors for us and yeah. we have friends with him and different wrestlers in the area and different people. And so uh, it's been a lot of fun to be a wrestling fan. Um, and then to have your kid not tell you your podcast is stupid <laughs> and to want to go do wrestling shows and stuff with you, you know, it's been a lot of fun to be able to do that as a, as a dad and share that with him, you know, after, um going through our, the divorce i went through and then um us healing and then building our relationship having that to fall back on and still have that point of connection through all that has been a lot of fun to be a part of that with him so that's, that's wonderful yeah yeah that's that's kind of my story so good yes i mean there you go it, it takes all types and it takes it takes all it takes all types of dads and yeah. uh and we're here to well to guide everybody through right. um the, everybody every new japan fans favorite time of year yes world tag league and super junior tag league exactly it is, it is the primo time i i this is why i'm surprised that joel and damon took this time off i don't I understand i can't believe it can't <laughs> believe it but hey so i do want to ask you this elliot so how do you feel it's going by having them both going at the same time by having the oh the tournament yeah, yeah. It, sorry I, I don't know why I blinked um I think that's I think it's excellent I think yeah. that like because it's not like one tournament overshadows the other mm -hmm. right so like you can it just it's like it's when you're going to watch it it's like oh I watched the I watched the World Tag League yesterday and instead of having the exact same stuff happen this time now I get the Super Juniors and then the next day it, it reverses you know. And I just think that's a really, really good variety. Now, it would be tough if it was like the G1 and the best of the Super Juniors going on because those are tournaments that have a lot of, you know, they, they need their own room to breathe, right? They right. need their own, and they need their own space to be the most important thing at the time. But World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League do not need that. So I think this has been great. What about you? Oh, I agree. And it's nice to have, you know, them separated. And it, I feel like it gives guys like, if you want to have your big guys take a night off and you can just use one or two on, you know, a pre-match show, you're not having to use everybody if you don't want to. And then you have your juniors who can carry the load on the nights where they have it and then vice versa. You can let everybody go balls to the wall um, and then give them a kind of an extra night off because you don't have to use everybody because you have all these tag teams. And then we're seeing some really unique combinations and matchups. I think, um, the fact that Japan's opened up this year, we've seen a lot of interesting teams that are now in this league, um, in these tournaments, and it makes for a lot of fun um, to see how things work um, and how, uh, you know, I, I, I think, and I think seeing that even more so with the junior tag league, you're seeing just some unique combinations of teams that we um, didn't expect to see happen. And it's like, oh, okay. All right, this 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 makes it work, and so that makes the six mans, eight mans, and things like that even more interesting and unique. Because now you're pairing, you know, Tiger Mask with, you know, you know, two, uh, you know, LA Dojo guys, you know, or something along those lines. So yeah, or you're having like I, th I think there's one where it's like Wado teaming with Okada and somebody else from Chaos, which like yeah, that, that normally would not be happening, right? But um you know with that you have the freedom to do that with this kind of thing so why not do it right yeah go for it I, and i think so it makes it allows for more flexibility it allows for a lot more fun and you're not locked into then having to do the same thing again with a junior tag tournament and having people on okay well i gotta pull some guys from the roster to put them on this roster 
no, you can make everything work and you're utilizing your talent smartly, I think. Um, and then you can give them a rest into Wrestle Kingdom, you know, really. Um, they don't need to be doing like two tournaments back to back going into Wrestle Kingdom, you know? No, no. You know, do a big one and then, and then get it over with. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, we're on, we're 10 days out from the finals right now as of, as we're recording, we're recording on the 4th of December. Um, and uh, that's 10 days out from, you know, the finals. And so, uh, and so far, it's been an interesting, I think, both sides, you know, that some teams are where we expected and some are not. And so um, I think that's what I love about the New Japan tournaments is when you think you have an idea of what's going on, they make sure you go, no, we're going to keep you on your toes. So. They they do. And, and we'll get to some of those uh, interesting decisions here as we go. Yes. Um, yeah, should we just get right into it? What do you think? Yes, I, you know, just as a disclaimer, we are not doing any of the preliminary stuff. Uh, no, we're, we're gonna just focus on the actual tournament matches to kind of discuss those and, and get those under underway. Um, but I, I do know that we also are gonna be, um, you know, so it, I know, I know you guys are thinking, well, they're not Joel and Damon, that's okay, that's fine. I get it, but just remember that secondhand is okay because um, Darth Vader and Luke's favorite stores are secondhand stores. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a dad joke. <laughs> so those <laughs> might be peppered throughout the night, so just be prepared. Just, just, just be be ready for you, you know your your funny bone to be tickled uh, to a really incredible degree. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Well, and you know what? We should actually start off with this is the first episode that Jake has since um, Chase Owens had to leave the mm. tour. Um, right. He posted that it, or I think it was at least reported that it was um, a death of a family member was the reason he had to leave. And it so, was his wife's dad, so oh, his father. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, he now lives in Texas, here um, in San Antonio, um, and uh, we've gotten to meet him. And so he did post specifically on um, certain things down here that he is having to return home because his wife's dad past yeah according to what he posted yeah so. and and he he posted on on twitter that it in the the first time in eight years of him going to japan that the first time he's had to leave a tour early and, mm-hmm. and i think that shows kind of what we've talked about in the past with him is like the reason that he is in the spot that he's in with this company i mean he performs well in the ring but he is a loyal soldier and the fact that he has not missed any time up to this point is really really impressive yeah and, and it's definitely i'm sure why the, him having to do this is not going to cause any kind of you know ill will between him and New Japan. I'm sure everything will be fine. Right, and I think there was even an announcement about that. Um, you know, in it was either on, I want to say on the on you know the third. I think there was something mentioned about that before. Um, again, I don't speak Japanese, but I heard oh, something right. about Chase Owens at, at the and, show itself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. it was like before the pre one of the preliminary matches and um, stuff. Um, it's either the third or somebody because I I could I couldn't make it up, but I did hear Chase Owens. So I'm exactly. assuming they were announcing that he's not going to be on the card anymore because of the death of his father and all yep. that or something like that. And so what um you know what what that does then? So what basically him and Folly then don't their their tag team no longer competes, and mm-hmm. every team that they would have faced, I assume, gets the two points, just like it was when Naito had to drop out of the tag league, probably right. right? I had yeah. to drop out of the G1. Uh, two G ones ago, um, and so 
you know, it, at first I think there was a little bit of hand wringing as far as like, oh, well, that's going to kind of mess up maybe some of the booking or some of, you know, maybe that final night won't be as suspenseful because the final night um, they were supposed to face Aussie Open. Jason and mm-hmm. Folly were, were supposed to face Aussie Open. Um, but like, you know, w- w- would anybody have really thought that Chase and Folly were going to beat Aussie Open on the final night anyways? Yeah. No, you know, so I think they kind of telegraphed anyways with the booking of that, that Aussie Open is going to just kind of, you know, moonwalk into the the final night um, to compete against whoever is, you know, in second place or first place, I suppose. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah so really it doesn't affect much. Uh, what it did do, if you really want, on uh, the show that we watched, the first show we watched, Saturday, December 3rd, uh, from, let's see, where was that? Um, I've got it here. It was in Hyogo. Yeah. Um, that if, if you want to watch Bad Luck Fale beat uh, Ryohei Oiwa in three minutes and four <laughs> seconds, I, I you can do that. You know, it's not going to take a whole lot of time out of your life. Uh, yeah. I skimmed through it and it, you know, it, it was what it was. So, uh, and so, yeah, I don't know if Folly would be doing more just, you know, squashing young lions or whatever. Maybe they'll like use six fans, with- I'm sure, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so ultimately, you know, it's good that Chase is able to get home to be with family when he needs to, and it's really not going to affect the tournament, anyways. So, um, yeah, so I think there's, uh, we said all we need to say about that. Anything else? Yeah. No, I think I think that covers that. So, um, and like you said, they weren't going to be a factor, I think, in the long run. So it, it doesn't hurt anything. Yep, exactly. So then that brings us to on Saturday the third, the opening match of the World Tag League. We had Aussie Open versus um, Alex Coglin and Gabe Kidd. So if you oh wait wait don't forget Aussie Open with Gideon Gray with Gideon can't... Gray can't... yes. But he just he just has quite a presence that getting great, yes. doesn't he? Yes, he, he does. <laughs> he's delightful. Well, um, and for those who don't remember last year, before we started, we gave each of these guys a dad rating, like where we think they would be, either if they were a dad or if they were going to be a dad, where we would rate them. So uh, I think I think we need to continue that con- tradition there, uh, Elliot. So um, I I do agree. I, I I even I we talked about this before we recorded. I I tried. I, I was going to tweet at every single wrestler in the tournament, are you a dad? And if so, do you have any advice? If not, I bet you'd be a great dad. Um, but I kind of was like, ah, that's maybe it's just a bit too personal and prying to ask all these wrestlers that. So instead, I just tried to Google every single wrestler to see if they have children or not. And yeah. I, I, that happened to varying degrees of, of success. So we'll get to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so for our dad ratings for the competitors in this match, Okay. So I started with Mark Davis and okay. I have to go, I have to give him a 10 because uh, one of my favorite recent moments on the super J cast was when Damon learned the term Pixar mom ass. Yes. <laughs> so, which is what Mark Davis of Aussie open has. He, right. he has a lot of junk in that trunk and I've and seen that live and it is yes. To every degree. I was at an impact taping and they were there oh. and wow. Stupendous. Yes, I, yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so uh, he gets a ten because I mean he's he's got he's got the parent butt, and that is going to help him a lot in being a great dad. What about and you? The stash and the stash. Oh, the st- I forgot about the stash. Absolutely. The stash. I mean that is a quintessential dad stash. And then you know, like you said, he he's rocking the 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 Pixar mom backside. So uh, ten for sure on that one. Uh, Kyle Fletcher though, his partner. Where where are we putting him? 
you know, I I get less dad vibes from him. I went five. That haircut is just not fit for fatherhood. Yeah, I, I'm going to go three. I mean, oh, okay. I just feel like he is just he's just one of those young men that's out there to hook up and not he's, <laughs> he has no responsibilities whatsoever. And that's you know? fine. That's yeah, fine. which is fine. You know, but that's just not dad material. He's not dad material yet. But no. it it almost has that feeling of. He could be a dad if he didn't want to be, you know, that kind of look to him. So, all right. So, uh, all right. So then we have Gabriel Kidd and Alice Coughlin. So who do you want to start first here, uh, Elliot? So with with Gabe Kidd, I I would just say, so uh, we know uh, that Gabe Kidd has had his issues with with mental health and, and, you know, more power to him for being public with that and and working on it so hard. Uh, I'd say anybody who's really trying to work on their mental health does not need to be sleep deprived at any point so i'm just going to give him like a not applicable right now like okay. will get there when he's ready yeah okay and you see i went from the the mindset of he's working on himself so i gave him a, a solid seven nice you know because you know sometimes as dads we struggle with these things but i think the strength comes from the fact that we do get help and we show that our kids that it's okay to be in trouble it's okay to get help and it's okay to to be better that's just leading by example for our family so uh, i gave him a solid seven for that for for the dad attitude of you know i need help and i'm gonna get it you that's know? great i actually in the in the year since we've spoken i went through the same thing not quite to the degree that that gabe did but uh, a change in the school where i taught and a lot of mental health stuff and and i and i just kind of was public about it without even really thinking that was a big deal but i had friends tell me like hey that was really nice you know like you know men don't often uh right. admit that they're you know weak and, and all that and i'm like oh, yeah. i don't know i just i just wanted to tell people about it so oh, that's um, how i survived my divorce was going through counseling and yeah, doing that and yep. then leading an example for my kid and he did the same thing and you yeah. know we're in a way better place now if we would if we wouldn't have done it we would not be where we are now so good yeah, therapy's great. It, you get yeah. to just talk at somebody at, at all your inner thoughts, and 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 it's and it's like, and they have to sit there and listen to you. It's awesome. I highly yeah. recommend it. <laughs> I agree. Um, I agree. Good. And then I move to um, Alex Coglin. As we mentioned with uh, Mark Davis's mustache, Alex Coglin's mustache is just you know out of this world. So mm-hmm. I'd give him an eight on the dad scale. I would give him. I would give him a, a seven as well, just because he doesn't have the dad bod. I mean, he has that like. You know, he's got the mustache. Don't get me wrong; that's great. But he's, you know, he's the android, and he's just the big beefy boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've got to, I've got to go seven on that one a little bit because it's like the head is dad, but everything else is anti dad. It's like the <laughs> the gym bro dad. You know, he is. So uh, th- th- this reminds me of a, a story. I'll, I'll tell it quickly. My friend Dave, years ago, probably late 90s, was sitting in like a TGI Fridays or something with his family. And a Utah jazz game was on and Carmelo was playing. And just kind of out of nowhere, Dave's dad looked up at the TV and just goes, man, Carmelo is just the perfect male specimen. And, and that just became this running joke in the family, like the perfect male specimen. Dave has a shirt with the, like a, a shirt that somebody made for him that has Carmelo on it and it says perfect male specimen. Point is, I, I had that thought watching this match. Like I looked at Alex Coglin, and before I even realized why I was thinking, I was like, man, Alex Coglin is the perfect male specimen. And then like, he yeah. just, I mean, he at, at a, a show a, a few days before this, uh, they wrestled the, the team of Folly and Chase. And Coglin picked up Fale like in a way that I don't think I've seen anybody pick up Fale before. He had him like you know like a 
like how Hogan slammed Andre, but like he had him up for like a second or two and it just looked like it was effortless. Yeah. It was amazing. No, it's he he's a big strong boy as some of these uh as if you go to wrestling shows, um people will chant sometimes. And uh uh that is definitely the case. I mean, this going in, I think Ozzy Open had eight points and Gabriel Kidd and Alex Coughlin had zero going in. So um let's be honest, Elliot. This was we knew that it was gonna the streak was gonna continue um with these two. Um, but if nothing else though. They're showing that they can compete in this ring. You know? Oh, hundred percent, and, and to the point where I really am like, man, they're at the zero wins and six losses. Like, are they really going to make them go over for the whole tournament? Because I just think they're better than that. Well, you know, technically Coughlin's coming off of his young lion gimmick, and Gabriel yeah. Kid is still kind of considered a young lion. So, you know, it's that idea that you know uh, Fletcher and Davis are a more established tag team. They've been doing it longer. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Having seen them live, having watched them wrestle in person, they're impressive. They really are to watch them work in the ring. They talk the way they, they do their things. They're crisp. They're on point with each other. And But the thing about it is, too, Kid and Coughlin made this really that same aspect. They were on point working with those guys to put on a – a really good match for for uh, you know world tag league tag team match. I I enjoyed this match, um, you know uh, between the the four of them, and um, you know like I said, I think Kid and uh, Coughlin made it look like that they they deserve to be here. This they they don't have any wins yet, but they are showing that they deserve to be in a New Japan ring and not and and that they're not young lines anymore. So 100%. And I would say out of the four matches from this night, we're going to cover this. If you're going to watch one, this is definitely the one it is. You're watching four young talents in a ring that just do really good work. Um, how do you feel about their, their, their finisher, the Coriolis? I think it's great. It's, but it does feel like one of those tag finishes that you maybe can't do to everybody. Right. You know, because it really is a, a very, you know, there's a thin margin of error with that thing. Right. So uh, it uh, really is. But it looks awesome when, when they it hit really it. Does. So, it really yeah. does. Yeah, they're oh, great. And and they're, as we said, that they're likely, you know, they're probably going to win this tournament because it seems most likely that they will want them to uh, face FTR for the, it'd be the second time they've they've faced each other, right? They had just the one at Royal Quest. Right. Correct. Uh, yeah. So to, to, you know, to try to capture lightning in the bottle again, and maybe they could do it at Wrestle Kingdom, possibly with cheering. I heard that rumor the other day, possibly yeah. with cheering. So possibly. Oh, let's pray for that one. Yes, um, please. And then, but, and I mean, and then do you, do you have Aussie open take it from FTR? I think so. I think it's been I long enough that and FTR has, you know, that I, I, I like FTR a lot. They just have not been champions that of much consequence in the company so i think it'd make the most sense to put the title on guys from the united empire and let that faction keep rolling yeah i agree all right i guess next match we we have the next match we have bishamon and hiroki goto and yoshihashi um versus the great okan and era aaron hanare um of the united empire um and, and the these both these teams have six points coming into this match um but sometimes when Bishamon is on the screen with Goto and Yoshihashi, I like to call it a bathroom break. But I also like to let you know <laughs> that did you know you can't hear a pterodactyl going to the bathroom because the P is silent? 
<laughs> you know what? I've never heard that one, John, and I'm going to give you credit. That that that's a good one. Thank you, Roger. That one is that's Thank not you. cringy. That's good. Okay, good. Well, you know, um, you know, but that I mean, uh, <laughs> that's what that. So I that one was from my dad. Loves dad jokes, and my sisters bought him a dad joke game where you try to make people laugh at dad jokes. And my middle sister, knowing that like fart and bathroom jokes get me every time, and she's mm-hmm. just being over the top. She's like, "Oh my god, John, what can you you know you can't hear a pterodactyl uh, go to the bathroom because the pee is silent." Like she's doing, uh, and I lost it because I mean, I know it's going bathroom humor, and I can't not laugh well, at it, that. It's bathroom humor, but it's also language humor, which yes. I appreciate as a language arts teacher. There you go. So, but I mean, this really wasn't a bathroom match, but I wanted to, to kind of throw that in because we were skipping all the bathroom matches earlier. Um, Certainly, yeah, with the tags. But you know, this is—I think—you um, know, this was an interesting one because this is not the only match of the night where we have some teams that we're going to have to separate from the pack here and start, you know, getting. Uh, ties broken so somebody's taking a loss and somebody's going to go ahead by two points so uh you know this is this is an interesting one because you've got two united empire teams in this match and it and it honestly feels like the great Ocon and aaron hanari i know we're supposed to have jeff cobb that he was out but still they feel the, like the lesser of of the two united empire teams which is odd you know because boy great Ocon has just had such a push but yet, with this tournament, it's like they're the lesser of the United Empire teams. Am I wrong, Elliot, with this assumption? No, that's definitely how it feels. And I think that's just because, you know, for whatever reason, Cobb not being in the tournament, you know, uh, Okan and Hanari just aren't a usual tag team. And so because they're not a normal tag team that's in the mix, we just know that they're not going to be a serious factor in the tournament, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And 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 Aussie Open just frankly is more hot right now. You know they just they, they they've got the hot hand. Um, they had that match with FTR and yeah, they're just more high profile and yeah, yeah. that's why Ocon and Hanari yeah. are where they are. All right, and let's. Uh, how do you want to start our dad ratings? Who do you want to start with? Well, we did rank all these guys last year. That they, they were all in World Tag League last year. Go to last year. I gave him a ten because on yeah. social media he is just a, a right. delightful dad. What about you? Uh, yeah, no, I, I still agree. Delightful dad. 10 um top of the charts one of those yep. guys top of the charts uh yoshihashi you know i i can't remember what i gave him last year but i'm giving him a six now uh i think he you know he's still he just he just doesn't seem to have it all together yeah. but he i think i think he's a gentle soul so i think he'd be a fine dad yeah i i gave i would agree with the six i feel like he's that he would be the goofy dad you know like kind of you know weird fun loving dads that you're just like uh, okay but you know he his heart's in the right place yeah you know he's he's a little bit of wheels off so um <laughs> i don't remember rating the great o'connor last year we probably i'm sure we did we, but, we did I, I, and i believe i mentioned him being kind of an anime perv or something like that and yes um and he in the year since has well so he's actually it's a t- it's it's both sides of the coin there because he he went to america and was a was a sexual a hurricane for a, a few weeks right he right he, he was with he all these pictures with ladies and he uh was, was writing that mechanical penis thing um yeah. so you know that would kind of knock his dad rankings down a little bit but then he of course saved that little girl from that attacker 
and got the letter of recognition from the police, which is, you know, one of the most dad like things that a human being can do. So I, I think I'll just put him squarely at five. Right. There yeah, I, I agree. I think that. Um, yeah, because you, like you said, you've got the two dichotomies. Yeah, it's like it's like, you know, single dad when he doesn't have the kids, but when he's got the kids, you know, he's. You know, <laughs> totally fine. So yeah, five right down the middle. Uh, Hanare, you know, Super J Cast own Aaron Hanare. You know, um, uh, that interview that he did with Damon then was was really good. Yeah, but we're we're knowing and hearing his story. I kind of bump him up a little bit as a dad. We're, he definitely yes he he definitely would be a very caring dad we do know based on his his views on masturbation that he would be you know really trying to not have any kind of um you know any kind of that stuff going on in the right. house because apparently that that makes you lose your your strength or i don't know what he believes but <laughs> something like that but uh so he would he would definitely be on top of things as a dad so yeah. right i agree i i listed him at probably about a good seven and a half is where i'm at with that. yeah that seems fair. Okay. So yeah, there's the, there's the dad rankings for this match, and we we really don't need to say much else about the match. Uh, Bishamon won, and so that puts them at let's see here at uh, what they have four wins. No, yeah, four eight. wins, two losses. Yeah, so and, eight points. Yeah, at eight, points. eight points, and then Hanari and Okan also at eight points because they would have faced Chase and Folly. So they right. But yeah. but at this point when when the show goes on they stay at 3 and 3 with 6 points. Uh yes. you yeah. know at this point. So uh but yeah, it was uh you know Bishamon hits they basically hit the show to win and um you know I, I think again this is one of those ones where you could have gone either way with it, but I think the right team won. You mm-hmm. know because you want to continue to elevate you know, Aussie Open, and there's no need for Great Ocon and Hanari to win this one. You know, they're good, they're solid hands in the ring, but they're they're really here to provide a foil for certain teams, but really just to make some good matches happen. Yeah, that yeah. seems about right to me. And hey, they're doing just fine at that job. So God yeah. bless them for filling their roles there. Yeah. So, should we move on to the next match? Yes, the next match was I'm going to have plenty to say about because it involves my friend Lance Archer. But yes, yes, absolutely. So Lance and our murder grandpa friend Suzuki, mm-hmm. uh, Minoru Suzuki to be exact, against exactly. Yujiro Takahashi and Evil, the House of Torture, the Haunted Castle. Um, so I, with, with them, with those two, at, at for dad ratings, I'm just going to straight. I'm just now. I was going to be all kayfabe about it and just give him a one, but I do have to acknowledge that I think evil is still engaged to Io Shirai from, right. from what I can, my, you know, limited research online. And I mean, let's be honest, if they do procreate, those kids are going to be pretty amazing and yeah. they're going to have, you know, some parents that are going to do a good job. So I, I think I, I got to give evil at least a bit more than a one. Yeah. And I thought, four. I thought he had gotten married. I thought those two had gotten they did? married. They did. Okay. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent. Like you said, I, I don't remember, but yeah. So I would, and then, well, you got to factor in uh dick to go mm-hmm. was there too. So, um, uh, I would say evil, but you can't go on potential there, you know, um, Elliot. <laughs> you got to go what's there, and um, I, I got to give him a four. You know, I, I just really feel like, you know, emo dad doesn't work. And then, you know, Yujiro. I mean, that's a two. You know, you can't be a pimp dad. There's no way that works. No, 
So if we're going kayfabe, I agree. But I did recently hear uh, a story on Twitter. So my friend Aubrey Citizen wrote this book called The Comic Book Story of Professional Wrestling, which I encourage everybody to check out. It's really amazing, literal history of wrestling from when it literally started to up to now. And um, and that book's gotten kind of passed around and certain people have wrestlers sign it. And this guy uh, that I talked to on Twitter said he had his son uh, show it to Yujiro. And so this guy's son is like nine years old. And Yujiro sat, like most wrestlers that he's brought it to, you know, oh, they kind of look at it and they sign it or whatever. Yujiro sat down with this guy's kid for like 20 minutes and was like looking through the book with them and like pointing out different, because I think he speaks fairly good English. Mm. So he was able to converse. And yeah, I mean, that right there. I mean, I know that we think the Tokyo yeah. Pimp is maybe not the most dad like guy, but at least in real life, in shoot world, uh, Yujiro Takahashi might actually be a secretly amazing dad. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, then I would say that at least bumps him up to a five. Excellent. There you go. I would give. I would give him. I'll give him a five for that. All right. Uh, who do you want to go next? Do you want to go uh, Murder Grandpa or Murder Hawk? How do you want to go? Uh, well, go with Murder Grandpa. Um, okay. just I just attend because he. I just think he's the best at everything. So yeah. clearly, he'd be the best at being a dad. Mm-hmm. I agree one hundred percent. Having met him. Uh, sweetest man in the world you know super nice uh very not only interacted with me but with my kid making him feel like a million bucks so you know i i gotta go 10 with him and then i mean if we're keeping it kayfabe i've got to go 10 with lance because lance does he goes out of his way when we're at shows to say hey to jacob um and, and me and like but especially to jacob and make him feel like a million bucks and and all that kind of stuff. But then you got to factor in the gimmick of when he runs around and enters and he screams at children and scares them. I think you have to factor that in. I think you have to factor that in. So I'm going to have to go down to probably a seven. (laughs) I I love Lance. He's, he's, he's a good dude, but you know, I've got to go down to a seven for scaring kids in the ring, which I find hilarious though, at the same time, yeah, you know, it makes me laugh and smile knowing how nice of a man this is in real life but when he's in the wrestling ring and when there are kids involved and he's screaming and yelling at him and scaring them. Uh, it just, it just makes me laugh. So um, yeah. So I've, I've got to go a seven to knock him down just because of that. So awesome. Um, right. As far as the match goes. So it, we now get the opportunity to talk about how to torture in a world where the crowd can make noise with their mouths and react to them in that way. Right. And so that does it does make a big difference because I think the reason why House of Torture was so hated for so long was because, you know, by design in the era that they were in, you know, Dick Togo would come in and start putting the garret around somebody's neck. And then it was just dead silence in the arena. And for the you watching at home it was like this is terrible right and you know the, and of course they that they were doing the best with with, with what they had but it, it always kind of made me wonder like why are they doing this specific thing when the crowd can't make noise with their mouths and boo them because if you can't boo you're not going to clap and that's it right and so now that they can actually properly boo them it does feel good to hear that because for you know two years we were sitting at home <laughs> ourselves going boo yeah. <laughs> when that would be happening. You suck. Right? <laughs> this, Get off the, the screen. Worst. This is the worst. So, you know, that I, I at least enjoy. That does add, I think, now an extra yeah. element to their matches and makes it a little more worthwhile when they do the stupid stuff they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but, okay, so this match going in, uh, Archer and Suzuki had six points. Uh, Evil and Yujiro had zero going in. That's and, right. 
you know, and I mean, I'm like, okay, which I mean, I understand that even when your drill kind of threw together, you take Dick to go on thrown on there, and I know it's Dick Togo, but it's fine uh, to say Dick to go. Definitely. Um, uh, and, and and I mean, this is Minoru Suzuki Lance Archer, which they won this in 2011, you know, and I mean, and you set them up so far looking like that they could make a run here. I wouldn't be opposed to that to see them do that. One, because again, Lance is a friend, but I hate what AEW has done with him and not using him and making him, you know, just filler and fodder. And then you bring him over to New Japan and he looks like a bajillion dollars, you know, because New Japan knows how to work him and use him. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, and then you, and then you, you, you're going to give House of Torture their first win with all the shenanigans. I mean, all the shenanigans. Yeah, they used all of them. And I mean, but I, I think that's in a way shows the strength of Suzuki and Archer, which who are heels and do that kind of stuff, by the way, but that they are so hard that they had to use all the torture, you know, the, all the gimmicks to try to hold everybody back to get this win. Yeah, Togo, uh, uh, sorry, Dick to go, and yeah. and and show both came out, and, and so it was right. four against two, and and uh, yeah, I don't remember how did they pin they pin Suzuki. Yeah, well, no. Uh, so basically, show oh, yeah. he hit the wrench, and then Evil puts Suzuki, and everything is evil. Yeah, and then Evil puts Yujiro on top of Suzuki. Yes, that's right. Yep. So it was at least done in a semi-creative way, like in a way that it felt yeah. kind of like boom, 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 and then the pin. So at least it wasn't like super drawn out, dumb interference stuff. Right. Yeah. So because I mean, Lance was Lance had grabbed Evil and shows hair, and then. Dick to go grabs the garage around Archer's neck and then Evil delivers a low blow. And then that's when he closed lines Archer over the top. So he's out of the way. And then he puts Dick to go, grabs the garage around Suzuki's neck, and then show hits him with the wrench. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. everybody got their shit in on Suzuki, and then the and everything is evil, and you know, Yudro, who's just poor passed out the whole time. Uh, just you know, it, it is what it is. I I mean Again, I hate that this was the team that took that loss because, again, I'm yeah. partial to both those guys. Um, I would have preferred that they had done it against, you know, Kid and Coughlin, who they're going to, I'm sure, do stuff with, um, or even the next match, uh, Naito and Sonata, because I'm not an LIJ, LIJ guy. I'm not, <laughs> you know, or Tor, you know, Yano and, Yano. Uh, yeah. Yano and um, you know, either one of those two teams. I'd rather that. But I understand what they're doing with it. I get the idea of it that, hey, we're going to, it took all the House of Torture and all the gimmicks to put Suzuki and Archer down. You know, I mean, that to me says that they're a super strong team. But did it have to be against my boys? But I guess so. It's just the way of the world sometimes. That's the way of the world. We can't, all our friends can't all do everything right all the time. (laughs) No. As much as we want to. All right. So the next match we have, um, both teams again have six points. Uh, so with the end of that match, by the way, uh, House of Torture gets their first point, and uh, Suzuki and Archer stay at um, six points. So next one is another tiebreaker match. We have uh, Lij with Naito and Sonata at six points versus Tanahashi and Yano with six points, and um, you know they're doing this uh, the the same bit that they did last year, the anime. 
Uh, yes, which we I, I I listened back to to last year, and we had no idea what that was at all. <laughs> I, I still don't. It's 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 called Bebop High School, and it was a manga series in the '80s that they then made like TV specials, like animated TV specials out of. And it's gotcha. and it's a famous thing in the, in pop culture there. And the main character they've talked about this part on the show, but yeah, the main characters are named Toru and. Uh, and I blanked on how she's named Hiroshi. Uh, so, like, that's the okay. little kind of you know, uh, okay. All right. So, there so you go. Okay. It explains yeah. the hair. It explains the the jackets. That's they were like the characters were like rough and tumble teenagers who got into fights all the time. And stuff. Gotcha. So, and my uh, kids in the anime, and he didn't even know it. So, I mean, no, yeah, it's probably a, more of a Japanese thing. It, it I don't think yeah. it crossed over to the uh, American anime nerds uh, yeah. quite as much, but. So yeah. that would explain why we were hopelessly clueless dads about it last year. <laughs> and we're still clueless dads. We're just going... Basically, I read, yeah. I skimmed a Wikipedia page. That, yeah. that, okay, that's, there that's you the go. Best that's, I can do. All right. So how are we? Who are we ranking first here? How do you? Who do you want to start with? Well, we got to start with the the best. Well, actually, you're gonna have a you're gonna be surprised by who I think the top dad in this match is because okay. you'd think that our top dad in the match would be Hiroshi Tanahashi, and he, you know, he certainly is a good candidate for that, but. What I found when I was looking up, you know, does does Toro Yano have children? Uh, there's a there's a video that he made during like the heart of the pandemic, like June 2020, where he's showing how to do home exercises using your children. Oh. So he has two little kids. They're probably about the same age as mine, like six and four. And they're wearing little bunny masks and he doesn't say their name. So he's kind of keeping them like a little anonymous. But he's like. Uh, they're like on his arm and he's like doing curls with them or he's like doing like, you know, behind like uh, tricep Tricep, stuff or like they're they're both sitting on him while he does push-ups, which like Toriano's stronger than you think. They're both like 30 pound children sitting on his back and he's just doing push-ups with these. But it was, I encourage everybody to look this up. It is delightful. It is like the most, one of the most adorable things. I honestly, like I got a little dad tear in my eye by just how much fun he was having with them. So Toriano is a 10 out of 10 for me. On the desk. Okay. You know, that's that. Yeah, I have to go with that. Uh, maybe a nine just because he's such a goofy wrestler well, sure. in, in, in the ring and, and everything along those lines and the whole, and then with this gimmick here. But that sounds wonderful. So I, I would say overall, it, it just makes him a, a nine because I mean, at the, Tanahashi's a 10. Let's be honest. A, I ten, mean, a 10 out of 10. You know, I mean, you have a movie about your dad being a heel wrestler and, <laughs> you know, right. You know, and and just yeah, when you think New Japan dads, the, I mean, he's one of the first ones that pops into your head. You know, he just exudes dadness. You know, and like, I mean, who who feels like the father of New Japan, who like raised it up to what it is now, yeah, and who's still there, and it's it's Roshi Tanahashi. Yeah, and I mean, I know I probably said it last year, I said it again this year. Just his interaction with my kid when we got to meet him. Um, super awesome you know um so i've got i've got to give him a 10 as well so absolutely absolutely yeah. uh moving on to tetsuya naito so i i told the story last year that i saw him do a small show in chicago about four years ago and right. um and he i i i got to be backstage because my my friend is a is a wrestling photographer and i got to be backstage very you know like unfairly at these shows <laughs> like like you know like that was where i learned like oh wrestlers just come in and shake every single person's hand in the backstage right. area and i could so like kyle o'reilly shaking my hand i'm like dude you don't need to be shaking my hand at all <laughs> but yeah you know, apparently they do um but i got to walk i walked by naito on a staircase so i mean shoulder to shoulder with naito and i just feel like that experience i got i felt the full i felt 
aura, uh, like an aura of love come from Tetsuya Naito during that time, right. even though he did not acknowledge my existence and didn't have yeah. to. Um, so I, I'd go, you know, probably about you know, an eight because I can't go the full 10 on Naito because he's okay. still, you, you know how he is. He's just, mm -hmm. he loves being a, being a real jerk. And uh, and that might knock it down to an eight, I think. Yeah, I, I would go seven just because of the laissez-faire attitude on top of everything else. You know, um, you know, and just you know, in Gobernables and you know everything like that. And I'm not a huge Lij fan, so I'm I'm gonna go with seven, even though he seems like uh, I, I've heard wonderful stories about him. Uh, you know, outside the ring of super nice man. You know, if you're driving him, he was just very polite and kind yep. and. You know, I've heard lots of fun, you know, great stories about him from people outside the ring. And, you know, you mentioned that because, like, uh, for WrestleMania weekend, um, I'm friends with a couple of wrestlers who came down from Pittsburgh. And they were doing their weekend wrestling their shows and helping them get around and, you know, feed them and stayed at my place. And so, like you said, meeting wrestlers, they they shake. And you just introduced your shaking hands. Yep. You're shaking hands with everybody. Like, I'm standing at one point with the savage gentleman victor benjamin uh shane taylor low key um and i'm in the conversation with all these guys i'm like yeah. uh oh flip gordon uh marty the ma i mean like we're all yeah, oh, marty the ma. well, yeah. yeah just having all this conversation and you know they're asking me questions and i'm i'm not a wrestler at all and i'm just there but apparently because i dressed nicely because savage gentleman that's his gimmick is he dresses nice but he's also a savage you know so i'm looking dapper in my stuff to where we and so people are just you know yeah hey so what do you think about this and you know how do you you know what do you think about this story is like, oh yeah i saw that match i'm not trying to blow anything mm -hmm. for for my friends so i'm just like eh, okay cool um that everybody's just talking to me like yeah yeah people are it's surprisingly open back there yeah yeah, it's it's really it's really kind of fun and interesting to say the least. But um, I guess we had to do Sonata. <laughs> I guess the we black have hole to. of emotion. Well, yeah. What do you think? Where are you at with Sonata? Uh, God, like one, I don't like him as a wrestler. Is I just is he? I could call him the black hole of emotion. Yeah. Um, and I, I just I feel like I just and then two this beard that he's rocking with his no. hair. It's 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 not good at all. Um, I've I think got to it, go it, like a, a three. Go, I was gonna say three because if you can't even take care of your own face, then you just are not gonna be able to take care of children. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, you and I both have very nice taking care of facial hair. Um, he looks like he's rolled out of bed in the morning many a time and just showed up to the ring and ready to wrestle. Like, come on, man, you gotta do some work on that. Make it look nice. So. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about? This is a, a, a tiebreaker match. So, what yeah. do you think, Elliot? Well, I, I'm there. There wasn't a whole lot to report from it, really. Do you have anything to kind of report from it? No, I mean it was you. Everybody got their stuff. Like that's the one thing I'm noticing. Everybody's getting their stuff in. You know, um, we had tranquilo poses. We had paradise locks. We had, you know, which by the way, can the paradise can the paradise lock go away? Like I I don't uh, no it 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 can't apparently can't. <laughs> I would really like for it to go away though it would be nice you know. Um, but uh, I mean the one thing I do have to say I appreciate when Naito and Tanahashi are in the ring together it's 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 such good stuff. 
Yeah, so, that that was what I felt too. It was just like, yeah, you remember the the great series of matches they had back in 2017, and yeah. just how every time those guys get in the ring, yeah, there's just they just have really really good chemistry, and so it was nice to see that. Yeah. Um, I did also. I felt like Yano actually did kind of make me laugh, like a couple times, like when he 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 baited Sonata into doing like this little like crouch down like face off thing with him, and then as soon as Sonata crouched down, he just pushed him over. And then, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then and then Yano tried to put the Paradise Lock on him, which I, I don't know if I've seen him try to do that before. He probably yeah, has. Okay. Well, it was the first time I felt like I'd seen that, and it amused me. So yeah, uh, I at least got a little chuckle out of Yano's antics, but. Um, in the end, uh, Naito and Sonata won because who else did you think was going to take the fall in this match? It's it's Toriano all day. Yeah, yeah. and he he's set up to be the pin eater for this. And so, um, you know, so we at the end of the day, we know that Naito and Sonata get the win, so they go up to eight points, whereas uh, Tanahashi and Yano um, stay at six. Um, and you know, I, I you know of. Of these World Tag League matches, which do you feel was the match of the night for you, Elliot? I think, like I said, going back to the match between Coglin and Kid and Aussie Open, that was easily yeah. the best. Yeah, I agree. You know, everything else just felt a little bit less than. You know, there was yeah. just something missing from everything for me, anyway. Um, you know, it felt like every other match was trying to get your stuff in. You know, everybody got to do their thing, whereas the the Aussie Open uh, Coglin kid match felt like they were they were in a fight, you know. Um, yeah, and I, again, I'm not a big House of Torture guy, and so that didn't make sense because Suzuki and Archer are also heels, and they know the stuff that those guys do, so they shouldn't have been caught off guard by it, but they were. I mean, it's just like. All right, fine. It was it was it, it was a night. Now you yeah. know what I remembered before we move on. The one tag team in the tag league that we didn't talk about was the team that didn't have a, a tag league match on this night, which was TMDK. Um, oh, yes. They they faced uh, two young lions, I think. So okay, hysterical Shane Haste, right? Shane Haste, right? Okay, and uh, Mad Mikey Nichols. Um, so I, I totally forgot to even think about them as dads. Um, I'd right. go seven for both of them. I'm I'm good. <laughs> both yeah, of them. Like nice, gentle Australian men. So yes, yes, and uh, and uh, you know, t- um, TMDK. I think that was they they wrestled Young Lions because they were supposed to face Fale and and Chase. I think. Yep, and, yep that's right. And so they just instead of getting a night off. They wrestled Young Lions and they automatically took the two points uh, for that. And then, so they right now at the end of the first night um, of December third, your World Tag League standings are: is this Aussie Open is at five and one, the uh, TMDK are at five and one. Uh, so there's a tie up there between two Australian teams. You know, at the top of the, yeah, the board right now. Interesting. Uh, Naito and Sonata, Lij is at four and two. Uh, 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 Bishaman is at four and two. Uh, Suzuki Goon is at three and three. Uh, Tanahashi and Yano are at three and three. Um, great. Uh, the United Empire team two, um, is at three and three. Um, uh, we know about Fale and Chase Owens, and they're they're not going to go any further. It's going to be two and whatever by the time they're finished. Um, Evil and Yujiro at one and five, and Kid and Coughlin at zero oh and six. So right. that's where we stand as of December third, um, right now. But um, 
that takes us to December 4th, which is a junior tag league night. So a super um, junior tag league. Come on, put that super. Yeah, was, yeah, with super <laughs> junior tag league. I, I'm apologizing for that. Um, so uh again, this is this is one of those nights where um you know you're you're getting a change of pace, it's something different, and um even in the the multi-tag man tag matches, it's interesting to see because you're going from juniors being in the multi-tag match from the night before to now the big guys. You know, I mean, you have a six-man tag that has Suzuki Archer and El Desperado versus Naito, uh, Shingo, and Hiromu. You know, mm-hmm. you know, which is like okay, all right, that's not some. You normally see as a pre pre game match, so yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I, I I did enjoy that, um, but yeah, we I, I don't I didn't watch much of that of the of the interview. Did you? No, I, I didn't either. I it was just I mean, anytime I'm it, there's a match with Lance, I'm going to watch it because you know I, I support my friends and what they do. Um, but it's it's really more. Uh, that's more of what it was. Hey, hey, there's Lance. Cool. All right, Zeke, let me know when he's back. Kind of thing sometimes. So, um, but you know, because you know, he he's he. he the, I think the thing that makes him when he goes to New Japan, they know he's a stable dude. Just like, um, you know, what do you call a well balanced horse? Stable. Thank. Yeah, that one is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that I've heard that one too. So you're you're hitting okay. with ones that are at least like. Feel I'm putting these in my dad joke uh, satchel, and yeah, I'll, and and I'll, and I'll use them at later times. Well, you know, I do what I can. Um, <laughs> you do, yeah. So, um, um, our first match of the night uh, for Super Junior Tag League, as I say it right this time, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, um, uh, who have ten points, are facing Kushida and Kevin Knight, who have two points, which. Uh, again, this is one of the with you're seeing this is the first of some unique tag teams where we have Kushida and Kevin Knight. Um, uh, the the uh, you know the the podcast before on the Super J Cast the uh, uh, Canadian couple they were great. Yeah. They're trying to come up with a name for Kushida and Kevin Knight. We can't call them KKK. No, yeah, no, no, can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. That was funny though. I appreciate that. That was a good one. But, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Knight has, I mean, I feel he's been pretty impressive. Um, oh, yeah. You know, in this. And uh, uh, pairing him with Kushida has been interesting, to say the least. Uh, not a pairing that I expected, but I've been kind of enjoying. And then Ace Austin and Chris Bay, I, again, I've gotten to see them live together. Um, they're a lot of fun, man. Um, uh, ultimate finesse, you know, as they call it. I mean, it's just... They're good stuff. I really enjoy watching them get after it. And like, um, like I like that they have the bullet cub, you know, backdrop behind them. Mm-hmm. But you know, like they could they could be great without that either. And the bullet, like that's the thing. They stand so, so alone that they don't need the bullet club thing to be that good, but it just kind of gives them that extra um it's like a swagger in their step that they have because they yeah. because they're affiliated with Bullet Club. But I agree, like they they just have that swagger as it is. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think they're they're fantastic. I've only seen uh, Ace Austin live. He's he's come to Des Moines a few times, and yeah, yeah he's just you know impeccable in the yeah. ring. 
they were they, they were at an impact tape. I got to go to an impact taping and they were there you wrestling together. So nice. that's how I got to see them. So good deal. Yeah. I, so this match, I mean, like I'm gonna say this about most of the matches on the night are are fairly worth your time. I I would say this one really really is. Yeah. Um, Kevin Knight is just incredibly impressive and I I so how do we feel Joel on the Twitter the other day said the, the sky's the limit for Kevin Knight he could be a future junior ace what do you say about that I agree with him I mm-hmm. I mean he has been impressive I like you know he he's been buried a lot you know I think with strong and then being on in uh, six mans and it feels like that this I feel like this has been the Kevin Knight come out party yep. you know for this thing for him with with pairing with Kushida because I mean and here's the other thing you've got Kushida who's I'm sure just blocking him along the way we didn't do dad ratings for these guys but I feel like junior tag league a lot of these guys aren't anywhere near sniffing being dads well and that's true I think for everybody in this match except for Kushida who I would give a 10 on the dad scale because he had to endure the worst case of hand foot and mouth disease that a human being has ever apparently had because it knocked him out of wrestling for like a month or two right true yeah for having to go through that and Uh, and for also making sure that the younger generation knows about back to the future Hey, the yeah, that that's tr- that is a very dad like thing. That I never thought of it that way. Thank you yeah. for illuminating that part of it. Well, that. you know, hey, I mean, uh, radio, TV, movie production guy over here, so um, go for it. I love awesome. it. But yeah, no, I I really feel like Kevin uh, Knight, and then you're pairing with Kushida, who's going to walk him through this. I think you know because this is a big deal. He is just, I mean, really, because it's like, where did Kevin Knight come from? And then all of a sudden, he's in the world. He's in a you know Super Junior Tag League. But you've got Kushida, who's basically walking him through how to handle this. You'd have you know? to think, yeah, there's a lot of guidance going on. Yeah, you know, and Ace Austin and Chris Bay, they've been over before, so this is not their first rodeo. Well, I think I don't. I think Chris Bay, this is his first time in, in proper in Japan, New Japan competition. I okay. think is it okay? But I know he's been in Japan before. Sure, so. but yeah, I think his first time on New Japan New shows Japan. proper. Okay. So, and uh-huh. he's yeah, he's taking the the ball and just running with it. He's right. great. And why so. and Ace Austin too? They, I mean, he's been here before, but um, which was was it last year? And he was him and uh, Alex Zane, and then eventually turned on Alex Zane to join Bullet Club. It was um, earlier th- this year in the right. just in the they were in the Super Junior tournament, and they right. were just kind of loosely affiliated. And then yeah, the dastardly yeah. Ace Austin joined yeah. the dreaded Bullet Club. So right, yeah, but that was great, you know. Still, and there, I think Ace, you know, he and again, it's. Chris Bay is fairly newer to New Japan in the sense of how this works. Ace is walking him through it. This is a match where you had, you know, guys who've done this before in a certain way, shape, or form, bringing guys who haven't, and they're helping him along. But all four of these guys looked really good in this ring. You know, um, yep. you know, they each brought something unique and different to it. Um, uh, and I, I just really enjoyed this match. It was a, it was a ton of fun. Um, you know, there was no standout moment for me per se because everybody just seemed to be real crisp and on what they were doing. So definitely, yeah. I, I, the the finishing stretch that I think is is worth at least watching that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so definitely watch that one for sure, everybody. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next match, we had the team of Wild Hips. Man, I love getting to say <laughs> Wild Hips, Clark Connors and Ryusuke Taguchi against the uh, flying tigers right right robbie eagles and tiger mask right. so 
as far as dad ratings, yeah, I don't think Clark is 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 quite there yet. Robbie, I don't believe has any kids. I mean, but as we know from his interview on on the Jcast, is just an absolute sweetheart. Yes, and uh, and and will be great if he ever. I decides. think you'd be a good dad. I I absolutely. Um, Tiger Mask has to be a dad because he's oh well, yeah very old. And where would we rate Tiger Mask? I think we, we rated him last year because he was he was in he was teaming with Nagata last year. Right. Yeah. That they were the dads, daddiest of dads. Oh, yeah. Team last year. Um, I, I feel like this year I'm going to go Tiger Mask. He's not angry Tiger Mask, so I'm going to bump him up a little bit. You know, because sometimes he wrestles as anger angry old man Tiger. Oh Mask, yeah. You know, and that I that kind of would knock you down. I feel like this year having paired with Robbie Eagles and it seems like he they enjoy working together and it's almost kind of like a father-son kind of aspect. So I'm going to give him a solid eight um, for this because it feels like he's enjoying what he's doing, working with Robbie, being kind of the mentor and dad and helping him along the way, even though Robbie's done this before, but still, and they've, they've been tagged champs before. Um, it, it just feels like it's a good thing for him right now. So I'm giving him an eight. For sure. Yep. I, I would agree with that eight. And then Ryusuke Taguchi. I, I, you know, I think he's got to be about an eight because he would be the dad who would like when the kid had the friends over, he would just like waltz in like dressed ridiculously or like just would do stuff to purposely embarrass the kid. And the right. kid would resent it at the time, but years later would come to realize that it was really funny and, and really appreciate those antics. Right. And I agree one wholeheartedly. Uh, I mean, I may be that dad per se, um, <laughs> you know, and, and again, like we, so uh, again, the throwback when New Japan strong was taping, he was part of a multi-man tag match here. Uh, and that was the only match he did for the night, but he came out with all these young lions and everybody, uh, local talent, younger local talent. And he came out and man, we started cheering for him and you'd have thought we were his best friends. All of a sudden he pointed at, at like my son and nice. you know, super cool. So yeah, I've got to give him a solid eight for that as well. Um, and just some, but also you got to take it into consideration. Some of the stuff that he posts, like the videos and things that he does, they're just fun. And, you know, almost, like dad teachy in a way when I love it when he wears the suits and tries to do the interviews or different things. Those are hilarious. I don't, I don't think I've seen much of that. Oh, there's some, some that he's done like that that are super hilarious. Cool. Um, yeah. So he wins, he, he does that. So, uh, uh, wild hips have uh, four points going in and then, uh, flying tigers have four points going in. So again, this is another, uh, tiebreaker match that we're going to see, uh, here, on this one, um, how do you feel about this match, Elliot? Well, I uh, more than other people, I still am amused by Taguchi on a fairly regular basis. I, th- I think yeah. there's some people who just don't have time for him, and I, I guess I can understand that. But I just I enjoy this the stuff that him and Clark are doing with like the beer, and and then the the part that killed me in this match was um, th- there's a part where Taguchi thinks he's ramming his butt into uh, either Robbie or Tiger Mask's face. But, you know, behind his back, they reversed it. And so he's ramming his butt into Clark's face and he's ramming it, ramming, ramming it. And then and then he turns around and he realizes what he's done. And he like he like came down to Clark like he had like his best friend had just died, like in a buddy cop movie. Right. Like, no, don't leave me. <laughs> and I just it was great. And, you know, like the, the, this match had a good amount of that stuff because it was right. Taguchi and because Clark is kind of going along with that for this tournament. Right. And, you know, if one match a night is going to have some goofy comedy in it i have a little more of an appetite 
for that than I think other New Japan fans who take things just like like you know we love Damon, but Damon just right. well, Damon doesn't want all that much comedy in it. I can take some comedy, and I thought the comedy in this match was really funny, and it it rolled into the finish of the match, which was um, Taguchi pinning and by pulling the you know pulling his pants down, revealing the red. I don't know underwear. I guess I'm yeah. not quite sure whatever that's supposed to be. But uh, but Clark uh, just before that had pulled down his trunks and revealed that he also was wearing the red underwear. And I don't know if that's happened in the tournament up to this point because um, I may not have yeah. been watching everything <laughs> up to this point. But that just I just I got a huge kick out of it. And uh, but yeah, he rolled up. I believe Tiger Mask right. with uh, with for the victory for the victory. And, and I, you know, nine minutes of some good wrestling and some good laughs. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I, I am the same mindset. I love Taguchi. Like for some reason, his humor, I find way better, more enjoyable than like Yano's. I think so too. Yeah. I don't know. Like, um, there's just something almost redeemable about Taguchi and how, and his stuff in the ring. Uh, and it's, it's almost, like thoughtful and fun and just really entertaining. So, um, you know, I, I agree that I, I feel like, uh, the, like this was a match where I could go either way with either team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked both teams. There's nothing wrong about either team here. And so I was going to be fine with whoever won, but I liked the way they did it with, uh, um, with this and, you know, which I find interesting because, you know, Clark Connors was doing the wild man gimmick and all that. But like trying to be serious, like Coughlin, and I feel like teaming him with Taguchi helps bring out his personality more. And I think it's making him more um, not accessible, but more likable as yeah. a wrestler by seeing his personality come out more with Taguchi. You know, you can't be with Taguchi and not have more of a personality and have more fun. It seems like he's having fun um, and, and and enjoying what he's doing. So. Uh, I, I enjoy that. And who doesn't love watching Robbie Eagle? You know, I mean, he's 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 really good in watching him fly around the ring. I enjoy, you know, I like a good high flyer every now and then. And he's one of the best that there is right now. So it's always fun to watch him fly around the ring. Yep. We love our Robbie. Absolutely. Yep. Agree. Agree. All right. So our next match is uh, we got Bushi and Teton. They have eight points versus Show and Dick to go. Um, House of Torture for two points. So um, we know what that means. <sighs> what does it mean? We're gonna get some more House of Torture bullshit. Yeah, we did, and and <laughs> and, and but the good thing about this match was that even though they so this match, Evil and Yujiro came out as happened in the World Tag League match where uh, it was it was the other way around. And, but even with four against two, uh, those clowns in House of Torture could not get it done and right. they did lose to Bushi and Teton um, in a match that, yeah, I don't have really much of anything else to say about the actual match. Do you? Uh, no, but I, I do like this team of uh, Teton and Bushi. You know? Yes. Um, mask on mask on mask is pretty awesome. Um, and, and I like their look. They feel, they feel like they've been a team for a while. Um, and I, and I, I really like what this does for Bushi. You know, um, he, he, he feels, um, 
I don't want to say important again, but like he he's felt like he's been on the back burner for a very long time. And I, I really feel like this has done a lot for him. And then Teton is, you know, been a fun wrestler to watch when they bring him in. And now to have him on a more regular basis, tear, uh, teaming with Bushi, it's really done. I think it's done a good thing for both of these guys in the long run. So, um, you know, it, it works for them. Unlike the House of Torture thing, which I find still doesn't work. Just like, you know, that's why cows wear bells because their horns don't work. (laughs) All right. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Good job, John. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. You know, I'm trying to find good ways to transition these things. You did. Actually, that was really seamless. Good job. Well, thank you. Um, (laughs) You know, so, um, you know, but that that's how I feel about this. You know, it it was a match. It was there. The right team won. The right team won for sure. Do we think that uh, show and to go are going to go zero for nine in this tournament? Well, they have two points. Uh, oh, they did. Oh, I missed that. Okay, well, yeah. never mind. Oh, yeah, right, <laughs> I don't know of any team that has zero points right now. No, it uh, would. It would. They were the last team that had that had gone. They went at least a few matches without winning anything. But right, apparently they yeah. did. I'm sorry, everybody. I missed that. No, it's okay. It's fine. Um, it's fine. So, but yeah. So I. You know, I could see. I, I have a feeling it's based off of what we've seen so far. Kushida and Knight or this team are going to be running for the race for the bottom. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say that right now. Yeah. Um, well, let's hope that that show and to go are at the bottom. I agree. Um, if I have to give them dad ratings, I'm gonna keep it kayfabe. One out of ten. Yeah. And uh, Teton and Bushi, I I couldn't figure out if they have kids or not. Yeah. Um. They, fives. fives yeah sounds good fives. right down the road. don't know five you know uh know. Dig to go is definitely a one and shows a one so um yeah i agree all that and i mean dick to go was involved with choppy choppy pp so that's definitely oh, that's true boy that's i always forget that about him my goodness yeah so um <laughs> Yeah, so there's that. So let's go on to the to the next match. Uh, for with eight points, Leo Rush and Yo uh, versus Alex Zayn and L Linderman at ten points. So uh, these are two really high up teams, uh, two surprising teams. Honestly, again, Rush and Yo surprising pairing that has worked really really well. Oh yeah, uh, I'm, I've enjoyed watching them. And then I like Alex Zayn. I've seen him a lot in person. Super good dude, uh, loves his Taco Bell and L. Linderman. Like, um, wow, like I haven't seen much of L. Linderman, but I'm enjoying that pairing too, you know. Um, because I mean, Zane's kind of a bigger junior, you know, guy, and boy, they make stuff, he flies around the ring, and it just it's all really good stuff, you know. That those pairings are really unique, I think. Yeah, um, Zane and 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 Lindemann in particular really have a lot. They've worked really hard to have a lot of tandem offense and do a lot of cool moves together. So it's worth at least if you haven't watched much from this tournament, it's worth seeing what they're doing because they've really put some time and effort into it. Exactly. And it's been a lot of fun. And then also with Rush and Yo, um, it, it, it feels like Rush is bringing the personality out of Yo that we've been wanting for for a long time. Um, you know, Show's got his thing with House of Torture, but this really feels like a you know resurgence in the life of yo um honestly it's and and i'm gonna be honest this was a fun match this was a a lot of fun if you don't like flippy shit i'm sorry but this was a lot of fun 
There's a lot of good stuff going on this one. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I found the ending uh, very unique, you know, um, that you ended, um, you know, uh, boy, there's such some combinations. And this is Lindemann hits the backdrop driver, super kick, German suplex, Jeff Knight, jackknife hold combination for a two count. Yo with the sunset flip for a two count. Yo connects with the five star clutch to pick up the victory. Like that, it's that's just the last like 45 five, seconds. Yep. You know, exactly. <laughs> like, that sounds insane. Just some of the stuff that happened in this match is incredible. Go watch it. Um, like the thing is, it, they did their flippy stuff, but it all seemed to make sense. Was clean. Was I didn't find any um, like real things that stood out to go. Oh, that was a botch or anything like that. Uh, I know that was some talk about Zane, you know, earlier in the year with uh, the the junior in the junior tournament. But I mean, he's really he would like crisp up his stuff and make it real real slick and sharp. So um, I thought this was a great match. I really enjoyed it and a lot of fun. Uh, I think, yeah, Rush and Yo get the pin. Um, so they go up uh, and they now tie uh, Zayn and Lindemann at 10 points. Um, so, but what about you, Elliot? What'd you think? What'd you think about this one? I, I enjoyed it. It's, 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 this one is worth going out of your way to watch. I mean, it's not super long again, about, well, 12 minutes. You can, you can handle this 12 minutes. It, it, yeah. It's going to treat you real good. Um, and as far as the dad ratings go, the, yes. the, the only person I could find that has kids in this in this match was Leo Rush, and he has right. three of them. So we got to give him, I, I think, at least about an eight, an eight or a nine, because uh, like I have said with my wife, with, uh, I don't want more than two kids. I want to play man to man defense. I don't want to play right. zone. Yeah. And <laughs> that it, poor Leo Rush is having to play zone. So, yeah, more power to him. Probably yeah. a very, very good dad. Yeah, I'm going to say eight. I'm going to give him an eight on that. Um, like you said, he's got three kids. Um, but he does have a lot of side hobbies and music producing and, you know, making videos and all this stuff. So you, you can't knock the hustle of being a dad and that as well. But I imagine that sometimes that might pull away from his dad duty. So I'm going to give him an eight all right. on all right. that one as well. So. I hope that he's. I hope that he's. He's finding time for his children. I'm yes. sure he is, Leo. Yeah, if sure. you're listening, which you're definitely not, uh, <laughs> you're probably a great dad. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if can we move on then to the last yeah. match of this night, yes. which was the team of Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Doki against. Uh, so it's TJP and Francesco Akira. So it's catch two two. Is that right? Catch and two two. Have has that been explained? What that means? I know it's something with like. The, the uh, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> well, you know, like it's a catch twenty two is a is a phrase where it's like, but it's know, a pun on something. The two two sure. part of it is some part of maybe it's like the Japanese word. The word for two is like knee, and it's like, I, and again, boy, I could be totally wrong. Let's, you know what? We should just stop to, trying yeah. to guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, going into this TJ and Francisco here, which I haven't seen. This is my first time getting to really watch him. I've seen TJ a lot, but uh, I was impressed. They had 10 points going in, and they were with Gideon Gray. He was there tonight. Uh, and then you had uh, uh, Kinamaro and Doki both had – they only had two points coming into this match. So um, they, they too, were kind of more at the bottom of the barrel with Suzuki Goon. Um, so with that on paper coming in, it, boy, it looked like boy, Perkins and Akira were just going to run all over with it. But, uh, you know, this was, again – Solid match, you know. Uh, I I really feel like Doki has really 
done a good job of just proving that he belongs in a New Japan ring. And the pairing with Kinemaru is is interesting to say the least, you know, because we're just so used to seeing um, Kinemaru and, and uh, Desperado together that this was a I, an interesting change of pace for for Kinemaru and, and having both of them in that ring together. Um, but uh, you know, and I think this match paid off at the end, you know. Um, with an interesting uh, decision on how they were going to do it. So um, I don't want to spoil it. What do you think? How do, how do you think, you know, this match went? I think uh, it, it was just, it was two teams trying to outsmart each other and to, and to out athlete each other because, you know, Akira, he is, I, I really love watching him. He moves mm-hmm. amazingly well and is just so excited to be there. And in every movement, you can see that. And, 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 Doki, I mean, again, really sneaky, underrated. I know we always say that, so it's like it's almost like he's not underrated. But he just shows up in every single spot. And he, you know, I think sometimes when a wrestler knows they're going to be winning, I think that does add just this little bit of pep in their step sometimes to just to really turn it on and to make that win then ultimately feel really worth it. And I think he did that. And especially so he ended he, he finished. Uh, he, he finished off, I think he pinned Akira with this like weird flipping kind of German suplex thing that I don't think I've ever seen him do. Have you seen that before? Well, I, I don't recall it, but it, apparently it does have a name. It's called the Suplex de la Luna. So the okay. Suplex of the Moon. So it is a name finisher that he did on Akira, but I don't recall seeing it before. But then again, uh, Doki's not on these matches. where I don't see a lot of matches where I get to see him or to see him do a finish. You know, a lot of times yeah. he's the pin eater. Mm-hmm. And so to see him do something like that and pick up the victory, I thought was, and that says a lot about him, that they're giving him the win over, I mean, this is one of the teams that was at the top of the of the barrel. You and know? they are the current Super Junior Tag Champs. Right. You know, and so uh, are just they setting up something for champion. later? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they, you got to think they're setting something up. Clearly, Doki and Kanemaru aren't going to win the tournament, but maybe if TJP and Akira retain at Wrestle Kingdom, then Kanemaru and Doki could be their next challengers. Right, because as we know in in, uh, New Japan tradition, if you pin somebody in a tournament, uh, you can't run from that challenge. They're going to come after you, just like um, we know Cinderella was bad at soccer because she kept running from the ball. <laughs> okay, another one that I never heard, and again, seamless transition. John is on fire with this. I hope everybody acknowledges this. Well, you know, we do. We can. I might do this every now and then on occasion, but um, maybe. But you know, that ends our night for this night, and so our standings at the end of um, uh, uh, of this night uh, on the fourth, uh, which for us was early this morning. But you know, so I'm yeah. sure New Japan is going to be doing something on the fifth later um, that after we're well in bed. Um, but as of now, the standings are this, uh, as of the fourth right now, Ace Austin and Chris Bay are at six and one, uh, Leah Rush and Yo are at five and two, TJ Perkins and Akira are at five and two, uh, Zane and Lindemann are at five and two, Bushi and Teton are at five and two. Boy, we got a lot of teams. That's four teams at five and two. That's, I know. that's, a, that's a lot. Uh, Taguchi and Connors are at three and four, Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask are at two and five. Kenamaro and Dick to go are at two and five. Uh, Kushida and Kevin Knight are one at six, and Show and Dick to go are at 
Oh, oh I'm sorry. They, they, uh, the results I'm looking at. It's uh, Yoshi, Ikenamaru, and Doki. They put Dick to go. Oh, <laughs> that's why I was like, wait, wait, no, Dick to go isn't in two places. No, yeah. he's at, him and Show are at uh, one and six. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's 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 our standings as of when we record on the fourth of December um, here. But that does not end the podcast just yet because. We were tasked with one other thing. Elliot, would you like to tell the people what we were tasked well, with? Well, it's it's everyone's favorite part of the Super J cast. It's the strong log, the New Japan Strong Report. Yay! It always <laughs> it always goes great because okay. Damon has always watched the episode and right. always has a lot to contribute. Right. And everyone who's listening has definitely watched it and is anxiously rubbing their hands together waiting for that report. So we know you're all the same. Um right. No, I don't know. I mean, to, to drop that bit, um, I don't. What, we talked about this before recording, but I don't watch Strong every week. Um, I've definitely watched it probably more than like the average New Japan fan. But in recent months, I just I, I, my time is so limited as as a dad. I hate to play that card, but my time is so limited, and I just rarely ever find the time for Strong. Uh, John, what's your Strong viewing habit looking like? <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same. It's it's. Uh... Now that they moved it to Saturdays, uh, you know, I mean, I'm doing dad stuff on Saturdays and Saturday nights. And so it's like, all right, fine. You know, I mean, if I do get to watch it, um, I did watch back when they had the recordings here in Dallas. And then because um, I wanted to see if you could see us holding our signs at the yeah. end for that. Um, so uh, other than that, uh, yeah. So this was an interesting watch for me because I'm going, okay, Rocky, like for the first match. Rocky Romero and Adrian Quest versus Atlantis Jr. and Virus. I'm going. I, I I know Rocky. Yeah, absolutely. I know Rocky. Uh, I was you know I was kind of bummed. So Rocky was actually in Des Moines uh, last night at the at, oh. a, at a, there's a promotion called the Wrestling Revolver that Sammy right. Callahan runs. Right. And they they run in Des Moines a decent amount. And I I had a friend come in from out of town, and I never get to see him, and I I chose that. But I really did want to go meet Rocky and and just mm. give him a you know a hey thanks for being so such a such an ambassador for New Japan. Mm. Um, so at least if we're doing dad ratings for at least him, I I don't know about anybody in the match, but Rocky is just a I think a wonderful man. So yes. I'd give him at least a nine. I think he's. I, a, I've I've got to go full ten because yeah. full disclosure during during COVID, him and Colt Cabana, um, when when Colt was on the New Japan tour during COVID, um, they. Colt was doing the live Instagrams and I popped on and talked about what I did and we shot your chair for a little bit. So Colt and Rocky got all the guys on that tour um, to sign a shirt and send it to me so I could auction it off for our program. Uh, so like I'm talking Ricky Morton, uh, the rock and roll. So all the rock and roll express, all these guys, I've got all these signatures on this shirt that we got to auction off and raise money for our program. That's um, awesome. That's it was really super cool. awesome. And so then at WrestleMania, uh, for Russell, you know, for the for the convention time, I got to shake his hand and tell him thank you. And Colt to me, and I was like, "Look, I don't know if you remember, but during COVID, you know, you guys, y'all sent a shirt over, and we were able to do that. And you know, I just want to say thank you. You know, that was, you know, you helped raise a good bit of money for our kids and our program. So thank you for that. That was, you know, generous. They didn't have to do that, but they did. And so to have that, and to you know, I've got to give him a ten for that alone." Fantastic. So, uh, the match itself, it was fine. Um, that, do you have any any notes on it? No, I, I mean, again, it's like you know, you, 
the I'm assuming the two Atlantis Junior and Virus were like from CMLL or something they, like that. They are, and or so unfortunately, whoever. it was definitely CMLL, and yeah, unfortunately, right. our ignorance toward modern CMLL uh, comes into play here. Uh, yeah. But the crowd, though, the crowd did seem to know who those guys were, and so that I think right. definitely helped the the overall vibe of the match. And and Rocky and uh, and and Virus, you know, they they went at it, and uh, yeah, it was. It, it, it was fine. Can we go fine yeah. on that one? Yeah, Adrian, Rocky and Adrian get the win. I'm getting more into CMLL because one of my friends, Lady Frost, um, she wrestled for CML and she's doing a lot for them. Um, so, uh, and she was in that the, the giant women's tournament. And um, okay. so I'm starting to become a little bit familiar with CMLL. Just, but again, I support my friends. So I watch what they do. So that's the only reason why I'm like, oh, CMLL. And then even somewhat familiar like yeah the atlantis and virus guys are yeah okay yeah they were on something so that's the only reason why i know that at all. yeah so, no. all right so the next match we have homicide versus danny limelight uh uh i've seen danny limelight wrestle I, i'm a little bit more familiar with these two but dad ratings homicide well you know i looked on, on wikipedia it says he got married when he was 17 Okay. And, then he, and then he has two kids now, now you know I, I don't want to assume but it's possible that he maybe had those kids kind of young and you know young dads that's a that that's a tough go so mm-hmm. I, I i give him all the props for for doing that so you know even though his name is homicide i'd probably go right. at least a, I, i'd go about a seven or an eight yeah uh yeah i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with the seven you know i mean the homicide name kind of makes it you know, a little bit harder, but Hey, if you were married young and you had your kid young, but you stayed there and you were, you've been a dad that whole time, my hat's off to you. You know, some guys don't stick around when they're that young and have kids that early, but if he did and he has those kids, awesome, more power to him, tip of the hat to you, sir. So, um, I got to go seven as well. There you go. And Danny limelight. I, I don't know much about him. Probably doesn't have kids yet. Um, you know, I mean, he, he hangs out with the filthy degenerates of Team Filthy. So, right. uh, you know, that that says what it says about him. Um, match was fine. Not not a whole lot to report. Uh, homicide won, which I was kind of surprised by, you know, the older guy going over the younger guy. Right. But uh, the main story with this match was that after the match, we saw the debut, the, the New Japan Strong debut of Bobby Fish. What do we uh, what's our opinion on Bobby Fish, John? Uh, I yeah. Mean, I, I mean, it's Bobby Fish. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I feel like, you know, you know, there's the rumors that he was in AEW. Supposedly, he was the leak to WWE to try to get people back, and so then he got kicked out of AEW, and you know, and then, and then did not get signed by WWE. <laughs> right. So you know, there's that story going around, and so the, it feels like at this point. You know, he's here and he's like, it, it, like, he feels like that guy that's looking for a job, you know, because he popped up on Impact for a little bit. Now he's here. It's just like, you know, hey, guys, don't forget about me. Don't, I'm forget, about, don't forget about old Bobby. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm over here. Don't forget about me. <laughs> and that he, you know, and then, of course, this is, we, he made the connection that he's now working with Team Filthy because he was there for his friend, Filthy Tom Waller. Uh, so it's like, Okay, so real life MMA guy had to bring in a guy who fake does MMA but had a a boxing match or something. <laughs> yeah, 
but it's like uh, okay great yeah yeah we'll see where, where it goes um but he called out tom lawler right was that that was the thing no he was doing the bidding for his oh. friend filthy tom lawler well, so, how much i was listening while my kids yeah. were playing around me and i was trying to watch this match so yeah. <laughs> there you go another dad moment yeah um all right well should we go to the last match then yes let's do that um but we did have motor city machine guns are looking forward to their upcoming title oh. defense against the stray dog army which includes shout out to my friend barrett brown um he is a part of that match i know he went and filmed and he did it I don't know who won because Barrett is very good like that. He doesn't tell okay, okay. And, and break that kind of stuff. But I do know the match has happened. I do know it is in the can to be shown. I'm looking forward to seeing that match because, um, one, I'm sure Barrett was just super excited um, because who doesn't want to wrestle um, you know, Motor City Machine Guns, especially when you're a guy like that. Um, and, and two, the possibility of my friend having new japan strong tag titles that's pretty exciting that's pretty cool a guy i know lives in you know small town texas right here right outside the dfw metroplex area and then he's got one of the major companies tag title belts that he's going to have on it so um you know it's it's exciting to see that so there was that moment that we did see before coming into this last match so good yeah i I, i'd forgotten you had that connection to him that's cool yeah so um so, you know, but uh, we come into this last match, the third match of the night. Uh, hard body Juice Robinson versus Blake Christian. Uh, again, I, I know Juice. I've met Juice. Uh, I made myself look like an ass right in front of Juice Robinson um, uh, at Wrestle at the WrestleMania, you know, convention thingy. Um, I was at the table with Savage Gentleman and Lady Frost because they're my friends, and uh, I bent down to text something, and when I did, my because I'm an old man of 43 at the time, 44 now, my knee just went out because I was a catcher. And so I went, I, I fell back, I was going down, oh. and it's only pipe and drape, so there's nothing to stop you. So as I do, pipe and drape kind of shatters everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Big Cass is behind me, and Juice <laughs> Robinson is right next to me, and he's like, oh, shit, dude, are you okay? I'm like, no. Yeah, no, it's my bad. I just funky knee, and it just it went out, and, and then Big Cass is like, holy shit, dude, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I'm a, like, here I am trying to be you know, helpful and getting stuff up from my truck that I brought up for them, and then I'm just, you know, the jackass who falls through the pipe and drape. Oh. Uh, so, you know, um, so yeah, that was in front of Juice Robinson. So that was. But I'm know. sure he, I'm sure he handled it nicely and then was oh, not. Oh, super, didn't he make was, funny. He was super so, nice. Like, there you go. Oh, you and, okay? Holy shit, dude! You scared the shit out of me. Are you okay? I mean, did you hit your head? I was like, no, I'm fine. It's cool. And I mean, cast too. They were super cool uh, about it and like very good, very good. Yeah, yeah. So, so if nothing else, if I'm gonna give him a dad rating. For that alone, of how he handled the situation with me and everything like that, I got him again like a solid eight, or maybe even a nine. Yeah, so, you know, um, I because I know he's not a dad; he just married Tony Storm. So, um, but from the well, that interaction right there, I feel like he he's going to be a, a good dad. Absolutely, so. yeah. And if they decide to have children, they will have two beautiful children. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, that is. <laughs> I don't know why I said two. They'll, they'll however many kids they're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good. And then Blake Christian, you know, probably too young to, to truly get a dad rating. He also just, you know, he's one of those guys that just like, no matter what look he has, he just looks like he's, you know, perpetually 19 years old. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but he, you know, he's, 
he, he's really coming into his own. And, and I thought this match really did show that he, he was, he was showing a lot of fire. He was, he was doing all his flippy do's and all the tricks, but he was matching juice. I thought, you know, punch for punch and mm-hmm. matching that same intensity that juice brings to these matches. Right. I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it was an interesting main event match because again, I, I have not been familiar with Blake Christensen, but I was impressed with, with the match that he put on with juice. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, and then again, too, that juice had to go, um, for the middle rope to get leverage, to pick up the victory for, for this against, um, you know, Blake Christensen. So, so that, that might, you know, pay off down the road where it was kind of a a dirty win and and juice and Blake might have more stuff going on. But uh, that will remain to be seen. And, uh, you know, will you and I see it on an episode of Strong? Possibly. Uh, (laughs) No, yeah. Basically, I'm like, I'll keep in mind this. Really, it's going to be if it's on the episode that the Monishi Machine Guns and Stray Dog Army wrestle, then yeah, I'll see it. But if it's not, I'm not going to see it. (laughs) But we hope you all out there uh, will find more time for New Japan Strong than us two dads. Yeah, because here's the thing, guys. You got to remember when you have wrestling in your life, it can light up your life. Just like um, what lights up a soccer stadium, a soccer match. Uh, man, okay. Once again, people. I think, and I think that's a great dad joke to go out on with John bringing the heat with the segue, the smooth segue. And again, another joke I've never heard. I always appreciate a joke I've never heard. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I think we got to round it out into the the, the, the finish here. Um, do you have any kind of stuff you want to plug real quick before we get out of here, John? Um, just real quick, I'm going to take this opportunity to plug my friend Jackson Stone, a former professional wrestler um, who does uh, mental health advocacy. Uh, he has a nonprofit called You Are Loved. Um, it is a great nonprofit to help you know, find resources for mental health. He does uh, support groups for wrestlers as well as regular people. Um, I might be in one of those groups um, where you're just doing things. He did a live You Are Loved podcast with um, uh, not Matt Taven. Um, Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett, you know, at a show here in Texas at, at Pele Pro Wrestling. They had a wonderful conversation about mental health at a pro wrestling show. Um, It was amazing to be a part of something like that. Uh, So if you can go check out, you are loved. Um, It is, um, it is, uh, if you want to, you can go to uh, you are loved life.com or you can find it on Twitter and Instagram at, at you are loved life. And um, Jackson started that because he lost his sister to suicide um, a few years ago. And that's been his, a journey ever since to help make sure that there is good mental health going on. And he's been a great advocate for that. So I wanted to promote that because again, I love my friends and I like to support what they do and what a great opportunity to have this for the, you guys to go check that out and to seek the resources that you might need if you need help with your mental health. So Elliot, what about you? Anything in particular you want to promote? The uh, one quick thing to plug uh, every year, I like to write a big long blog where I talk about my favorite albums that came out in mm-hmm. the calendar year. And so I've got that. I'll be posting that coming up here in a day. Uh, Elliot Imes dot medium dot com. So E L L I O T I M E S dot medium dot com. Check that out. Maybe you'll find some music you like. 
And then I'd also just like to plug the Voices of Wrestling Patreon. We are, of course, on the Voices of Wrestling Network right now. And it's a huge honor for me. I have been a, a, the, on the $10 tier with the, the Voices of Wrestling Patreon for the last year or so. And I got to say, it's totally worth it. And I also got to say, I'm not being paid to say this. <laughs> it, is, it is a totally uh, willful um, uh, sponsorship here. Uh, Joe and Rich just do a tremendous job in every way. I love the way they think about wrestling, talk about wrestling. They put out a lot of stuff. It totally makes it worth your $10 or $5 if you choose to do that. So go ahead, give that a little bit of a try if you'd like. And then I think John and I, we both would just love to thank uh, Joel and Damon for once again giving us this opportunity. The Super J cast, I mean, I've been listening to Damon since fall of 2015 when it was the the Puro cast yes. with uh, the former uh, fantastic co-host Colin. And just so I've been with it for at seven years now. That's insane mm. to think about. Um, and it's just a, a vital part of my fandom. I don't have a lot of people in my real life that I can talk to about New Japan. And so having Joel and Damon uh, every week is 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 just so great for me to have. And especially this week, doing the work of watching the shows and taking the notes, like it's amazing that they find the time to do it this much. So Joel yeah. and Damon, hats off to you. John, I'm sure you echo my sentiments on that. Yeah, having to do a weekly podcast on on SmackDown, um, but you know, which is okay because I have time. I can make time on a Friday night to find the time to do this. And getting up at you know the times in the morning to watch these shows or find ways to watch them and do that kind of thing. You know, um, boy, hats off to them and the the the, the work and the effort they do, not only to to present the show. But to make it entertaining and do all the things that they do, um, it, it's just a privilege and an honor to be a part of that. You paid actually to say that about the voices of wrestling Patreon. I was thinking about that. <laughs> That's you, true. Yeah, you weren't paid. You paid to do that. But you know, uh, it's 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 a thank you again, Joel Damon, for letting us do this. It was a privilege and an honor to be a part of it. And of course, we want to end the night with you know letting you know that there is a difference. What is the difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well-dressed man on a bicycle, a tire. <laughs> and once again, a language joke that this language arts teacher can really appreciate. Yeah. John, fantastic work from you. It was a pleasure to do it again. And like you basically forced on them at the beginning of this episode, the second annual <laughs> super dad cast. Yes. That's right. Maybe we're going to go come back for three. Maybe they're going to be so impressed. They're going to be like, yep, next year we're doing it again. Got so do hopefully if you want to see that again, just make sure you bombard Joel and Damon on Twitter um, that you want the dad cast one more time next year. We'll do it again uh, for that. But with that said, Elliot, as always, it's good to talk to you um, and everybody else. Good to talk to you as well. And we will, we hope you have a great rest of Whatever it is you're doing when you listen to the Super Cast, now the Super Cast. All right. Thank you, guys. And you have a good evening. Elliot, you have a good night as well. John, you as well. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, 
Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAH. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 